are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime. Prime time. It's XL Prime Time, featuring Joe C. Dang it! Matt Hayes. I'm not running over the Barnett Tower and heaving myself off. Mia O'Brien. One of those bugs just flew in my yeah, eye. And Leon Searcy. Keep everything above the way. How you like me now? How you like me now? Here we go! Wednesday, XL Prime Time. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Cranking it up on, uh, well, it's a sunny cold day who woke up and said what is going on now listen this is not the lake effect that they're feeling up in buffalo uh this is not the snowstorm that is uh really like blanketed uh the northwest the mid east and then also the northeast it's just cold here we don't like it i don't like handling it i gotta be uh, honest with you i woke up early yeah my dog for a walk yeah I had long underwear on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't listen. I thought about it today. That's a visual I do listen. not want to see. No, I mean, long underwear, sweatpants over it. Yeah. Describe. I'm like, staying warm, man. Yeah. Please don't. I'm with you. Please don't describe. everything, man. Please don't describe. Please don't describe. I'm with you. Like, you know what long underwear good. You long live johns. in the north. You know what long underwear is good. Long johns. Long oh, long johns. Okay. Yeah, like okay. Long johns. You mean leggings. Yeah. There's a difference yeah, you between can leggings. Call them for ladies, you call them leggings, guys. Yeah. Call them long underwear. No, yeah. no. There's yeah, no. There's there's another version of. So you that. had on a onesie, is what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, no just the pants. You uh, had on yeah. underarm. The long johns. Yeah, yeah, long johns. I almost Let's warmed check. to work. Then I could have showed you them. But. No, 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 thank you. We would get no, up. It's literally like. Uh, okay. We no, would no, get up as I take the word. Leon, especially with the Canes hitting the hardwood tonight against the Knolls. Basketball. You know how guys will sometimes wear those like long pants underneath the shorts. Yeah, the, the, the kind of those is compression. Bro, tight yeah. drawers tight. they go down to your ankles. He's, he's referring, yeah, yeah, he's referring. Oh, okay. He's yeah, referring, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, not the you're, the long underwear. The girdles. Yours, the girdles. Cor- we called them girdles back in the days. As you say, you wore girdles. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm sure you wore them. I'm asking you, do you like when we were? You had on girdles. This yeah, right, we whatever were, you want to call it, man. It was keeping me warm. I don't uh, care. We were kids. We would go to Gopher <laughs> Ridge <laughs> hunting camp. Gopher Ridge hunting camp, and those that. Or here in like around Hastings and whatnot, the the Parkers of the world. Lagerman probably knows exactly where Gopher Ridge is anyway. Lagerman's worn long underwear. By yes, way. yes, and you would sleep in this, you know, mm-hmm. uh, camp with a, a you know old building without any insulation or whatever. The only thing you had was that fire fireplace. Anyway, you'd sleep in your long johns, and that's yeah. basically what it was. No bathroom there. You had to go outside to go to the bathroom, and we had we had a great time. But I still have them tucked away. And the only time I've ever really that I can remember in recent history wearing long johns is when we're playing golf in the 40s or 50s. Right. Mm. But today I did think about it. So you were smart when you're out walking the dog. That's so, for sure. We're for, not used to this cold. No. For the sake of the argument, yeah. I just Googled long john underwear. Mm-hmm. And if you look at it, Leon, like for me, mm-hmm. a lot of these look like leggings. Yeah. Or what yeah. I would call yeah. under yeah. armor. So that's, so that's what mine – Right, the yeah, thermal. This looks a little bit more exactly like underwear per se. Yeah. Yeah. That looks thermal a little underwear. like Duluth Trading Company, man. It's yeah. worth the, all the hunters and stuff. Yeah, yeah. thermals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Girdle. Yes. Girdle. Girdle is something completely different. A girdle wow. is uh, yes, compressing uh, females. I mean, is that what you called it when you were <laughs> Maybe, you know, playing ball? In my era, yeah. 
A Maybe girdle Matt was, was acting like a female. Turning a size 40 ways to do a size 36 exactly. is what it was. Exactly. exactly. It had the slimming effect. <laughs> it, was, hey, it was the male's version <laughs> of Spanx <laughs> is what that was. <laughs> All right. Welcome in the Golf Club of Southampton. You can wear your long johns, your drawers, uh, out to uh, the Golf Club of Southampton. Enjoy that sunshine and the cold weather. Uh, 287 play. Get on out there. Before you know it, it'll be the 9 after 5. I don't think I've gone this long. Uh, without wearing shorts in a while because it has been cold and this is our version of winter about 10 days and and we're pretty much done with it but temperature dropped that's for sure all right so you can head on out there 287 play don't forget the great golf course setup that they always have for you but then also thursday night trivia and friday night music under the stars right there on the patio with a great menu and always local artists being featured now speaking of local we're going to keep our eye on the defensive coordinator interview, so let's at least start there with your Jacksonville Jaguars and then kind of keep it going as far as what's going to happen next with all these head coaching interviews. And I made the point yesterday, and I think it's a fair point, that you need to pay attention to and at least have some patience because when Doug Peterson fired basically all of his staff on the defensive side, you're expecting him to strike quickly and go out and, and, and get ready to have that defensive staff in place. But if you're swinging for the fences and getting a big name to come in on the defensive side, and I'm going to use Leslie Frazier as an example, he's a guy that is in the rota being interviewed for possible head coaching openings. And so you're not going to be able to get him right away. He's going to have to wade through all those interviews before he's going to make a decision. He may be offered a job. He may not be, and then he'll be looking here. Ditto to the Agero Averro <coughs> fans yeah, out yeah, there. Um, exactly. Same thing. He has to go through head coaching interviews before you could speak with him for a defensive coordinator position. Of note, just a few moments ago, Jeremy Fowler of ESPN following up on that report from Bruce Feldman mm -hmm. that Ryan Nielsen is going to be allowed to interview for positions outside of Atlanta. Arthur Blank has uh, lifted the, the ban love it. in Atlanta for Nielsen and several other former assistant coaches of Arthur Smith. Um, Fowler saying that there are multiple teams that want to speak with him for coordinator jobs. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think if you're the Jags, you're hoping that nobody tries to interview him for a head coaching job because then that's going to slow up the process even more. Yeah. If, he, if he just has to make the rounds over the next week, interview for a couple different coordinator positions, a couple different places, like that, that's just good business. That's if, if you know – you're on the open market, and before you make a job decision, you have multiple people interested. You want to hear everybody out. That's sure. just good business in general. Um, but you, you hope as a Jaguars fan, number one, that at least he leaves here with a contract when he does interview, which I do know that Wink Martindale was here yesterday into today interviewing for that defense coordinator position. No word exactly on when Ryan Nielsen will interview. But you would hope the Jaguars make him an offer if he is one of their, their top, guy. top yeah. guys. And, yeah, similar to Doug Peterson, you can let him talk to other places, but make him an offer he can't refuse or at least make yourself the most appealing option in the process. And hope he doesn't get a head coaching interview at some point because, like, I don't think you're going to be able to talk to Averro for probably another two weeks. I would think so, yeah, even though he is was on a staff that is not playing in the postseason, he still is a guy that, yeah, is going to go through the cycle. And, heck, you start thinking about the Senior Bowl in a couple of weeks – and Leon, you know as well as I do, that that's where a lot of those coaches will gather, and that's where you might be able to kind of close the door on a deal if you do decide to do something like that. That's where a lot of activity takes place. But I don't mind a little bit of a slow roll here. You know what? I I, I think if I was a general manager, Jaguars, if I'm off, if I'm interviewing a defense coordinator, I'm asking him, how can you improve upon what we have already right now, what we've got built? 
Yeah, I, what do we have? Right, you, you got you got two dynamic duels at the bookend position. Mm-hmm. All right, you got a middle linebacker who's averaging a hundred tackles a game or whatever. You got Tyson. season, yeah, a uh, season, a mm-hmm. season. You got Tyson Campbell, and then you got Cisco. And and then, then I'm I'm asking, how can we get these guys better? Because right now they're the footprint of the defense. Right now, yeah. those are the probably the more reliable guys on defense. All said and done. You know, Tyson Campbell's got to stay healthy. Cisco's got to stay healthy. But Lua Khan, uh, Josh Allen, and Trayvon Walker are staples. Absolutely staples. What about your defense? What about your philosophy is going to make these guys better? Because these guys, like I said, that's a nice little triangle. What, what yeah. do we need to do to get better? And, and, and then, and, and like, like Matt was saying, I, that's why I'm referencing to this, because I was talking about personnel groupers and all that. No, what can you do for us right now? And then we'll make the necessary moves in free agency, in the draft, to improve upon it right now. Right. But what we have now, how can you make these guys better? You know, it's funny, Matt. He, uh, Leon just named five key guys, and I, I don't think too many people would argue with those five guys. It did not include Devin Lloyd. Do- doesn't mean you won't add Devin Lloyd to, to that com- conversation. But anyway, you're talking about basically 50% or less than the starting 11 on the defensive side that you know you've got and you like. That means about 50% needs to be either turned over or improved upon. So I, I, here's the way you look at it, and I, and I think we talked about this probably a couple of weeks ago, is I think you've got to look at this thing as what works right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, What on the defense that works? And Leon kind of explained who he thought, what he thought worked. Mm-hmm. Then you get your guy in, whoever it is, whoever right. the D.C. is, and say, this is what works. The stuff around him also needs to work. That becomes his priority then because you've got those guys that can work. You've got those guys that can play that are guys that you can count on. If you have seven – think about that. If you have six guys on a defense that you can't count on, six guys? Right, which is kind of where you're at right now. That's a lot of guys on one that's unit that you can't count on. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's really what you say, all right, that's what we need to fix. Here's our plan going into free agency – to fix that, what are your thoughts on this guy, this guy? Whoever it is has got to be part of personnel decisions. Mm-hmm. At least has to have a say of, hey, man, I think this guy will work or that guy won't work or this guy could work. I know a guy who coaches this guy who says X, Y, and Z. Yeah. You can't just like throw guys at him and say, all right, make it work. Totally agree. You've got to get uh, uh, more than one set of eyes. Uh, more than Balky's eyes needs to be on that, on that improving that roster. Guys that you know can come in and fit your system. Also, your assistants. Who you, who who is he bringing along? Exactly. I mean, because th- those are the guys. As, as much as the defensive coordinator, like the offensive coordinator. I mean, when we had our offensive coordinator here in Jacksonville, we may have seen him what thirty minutes out of the day. Most of the time, we're spending with our offensive line coach. We're watching film. We're breaking down this. We're breaking down that. We're on the field together. We're going through. Sta- we're going through individual deal. We're going through all you know walkthroughs and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So. His assistants are going to be as important as he is as the D coordinator. Yeah. Uh, JJ, do you have that music I asked for? Uh, because I, honestly, you know, we're going to talk a lot of Jaguar ball here. We're going to talk <clears> about the divisional playoff round. We do have some college stuff to get to, but I just want to play this just for one second. Kind of soothing, you know? Yeah. Just kind of get you. It feels like Christmas. Kind of get you chilled just for a second. <clears throat> it's a great song, by Well, Leon started humming it just a little bit earlier. At least I, I felt like I heard this song when he started humming. I may have. This is probably one of my auntie's favorite songs. And so this. we're playing a little Amazing Grace underneath this. Because, yeah. Because yeah. what happened? Well, well, auntie had some amazing 
cookies that she graced us with. Well, yeah, she did. She absolutely. Oh I'm gonna tell you God. how. I, I'm gonna tell you how it came about. Christmas had come through, mm-hmm. and she said, "Baby, you know she calls me baby. Baby, I forgot to send you those cookies for Christmas." I said, "Oh, Auntie, don't worry about that." She said, "No, baby, I promised you the guys you work with some cookies." She said, "I'm gonna bake them and I'm gonna send them." Next day. Woman of her word. Oh, woman of her word. Stands she told on me, business. And then she told me the recipe that was behind the cookies that she made. They're, they're double chocolate chip walnut pecan cookies. <laughs> and my auntie. You're talking dirty to me, and I kind of like Individually wrapped. And you, you got to remember, my auntie was uh, arrow. I can't say it. I don't know. Something aerospace aeronautic. She was, she was an aeronautic engineer at NASA and Martin Marietta. So everything she do is about precision. And wow. So she wrapped the cookies she individually. She starred in numbers is what you're <laughs> yeah, saying well, to me I, right I tell now. you what, she was influenced by them. Yeah. I think they. she was the next group that came in. Oh, I, I wouldn't doubt it. That is awesome. a great yeah. movie, by yeah. the way. Yeah, it's awesome. So, yeah, that, that was my auntie, my auntie Sarah in uh, Orlando, Florida. Yeah. That's so, why. That's why I was a fat kid. <laughs> yeah, they're so that's good. Why I was So <laughs> now, suddenly, this thing has turned now. Yeah. Now it's gone from the happiness yeah. of the cookies to... That's why I was a fat kid. Oh, it it's off, almost yeah. like we're in a therapist's office right now. That's I am. I, I am getting kid. over myself. Yeah, you but know? It, it paid off. It turned it into a Absolutely. first round pick. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and so individually wrapped. Yes. Chocolate, walnut, the, and with double, double wrap can. in du- the box yeah, so that double. nothing you know happens right. to yeah. the cookies on the yeah. drive. Yeah. Double double chocolate chip walnut pecan cookies. Yeah, and that's not pecan. Okay, people. That's pecan. pecan. That's right. And yeah. they're massive. Oh yes. my gosh. It just Matt even had So to, I want to uh, say thank you to my Auntie yeah. Sarah yeah. in uh-huh. Orlando, Florida. Yeah, Auntie's all of ours, okay? Oh, yeah. Even though it's Leon's legit, she's all of ours. So we love you. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Which was just awesome. All right. So uh, you know, that came perfectly wrapped. Uh, for us today. So we're looking at this defensive coordinator position, trying to figure out what's going to be perfectly wrapped. But let's also talk about some of the other head coaching positions and who is going to be perfectly wrapped up uh, to come in and take over in Atlanta as we talk about Nielsen, who's a candidate uh, to come here to Jacksonville. He's part of that Atlanta staff, uh, defensive coordinator uh, under Arthur Smith. And so now does Jim Harbaugh look at that Atlanta Falcons job? Does he become as attracted to that job as he would any of these other jobs? Has he already been offered the job? Like, yeah. that's for me. Like, the Ryan Nielsen news popping overnight, and from Bruce Feldman, mm-hmm. who, at least over the past few years, has traditionally stayed more in the college yeah, football exactly. lane. This says to me that that interview with Jim Harbaugh went exceedingly well yesterday with Arthur Blank and the Falcons' top brass. <laughs> Feldman may know something. Or between a positive interview with Bill Belichick and a positive interview with Jim Harbaugh, both defensive guys – Arthur Blank came away from it saying, whichever one I pick, they're going to go and hire their own guys, so let me free these assistants from that, the constraints. Yeah, that does make sense. And honestly. that's and that's a very huge More development, than- by the way, because we, we know Harbaugh interview with the Chargers. We, we've heard all the rumors. We've seen Jimmy Shapiro's lines for Bill Belichick to become the next Cowboys or Eagles coach. We understand that speculation. But this is the first tangible – domino read between the lines that I have seen that suggests that one or both of them will be coaching somewhere else in the National Football League. And Matt, you mentioned what was the dollar figure that Harbaugh would be looking at if he's 11 and a half million annually. 11 and a half if he stayed Mm. at Michigan, if if he stayed with the maize and blue. And I don't know what the number would be coming into the, to the coming back to the NFL world, but it would be 
a double-digit figure, I would think. It would be right around there. The NFL? Yeah. Oh, it would be more than that. Yeah. I, I don't know whether it would be more than that, but it would be right around there. I bet it would be closer to 15, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems a, a, a little rich right now. <clears throat> Maybe. But, uh, for, for Jimmy. But he's in but, high demand. I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but, but hot, Matt, could, could you see a world where Michigan is the Georgia of the North, where they just dominate football for the next half a decade? I mean, with the recruits they're getting, with him coming off a national championship, could you see them being a team that could be two, three natties within the next five years? Uh, I mean, because they own uh, they the own Ohio State. They do. The only problem is he's not really an elite recruiter. I mean, their their average recruiting rank over the last four years was eighteen, hmm. eighteen, bro. So I mean, it, it's he's just coached up a lot of guys who were committed, invested in what he was doing, what? and he got a hot quarterback. And the way they well, went, man. Well, I mean, that, that makes this national championship even more impressive. If you got an 18th class recruiting class and he's winning, he's not winning with all George four or five George lost to Alabama, that helped too. Well, yeah, that part too. You're right. <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I would think, <laughs> if yeah. I would think he recruits off the natty, yeah. 18 turns into eight. Uh, I, I don't know. I he's not know one of those guys that begs. Yeah. He's not a guy that's going to beg a player to come there. He had a sleepover with a kicker. I, yeah. I understand he, he that. But he's not, Alaska he's not who he is, man. He's not that. I, he's not he's not the recruiter Kirby is, he's not the recruiter Nick is, he's not the recruiter heck that Dabo is. That's not who he is. So I don't know. Your question, the long answer to your question is, I don't think he would cobble together two or three more titles or even mm. one or two more titles. Mm. I think it was it was difficult nine years, or seven years, I should say, for him to get there to get this one. Yeah. So maybe well, he thinks he like ceilinged out. He hit the ceiling here. This is the best I can do. Well, yeah, yeah well I, I think it's be. I think it's He's an alum. Job done. He brought a, he, yeah, yeah, he brought he brought a national Job championship finished. to his mm-hmm. to his uh, university, and now it's time to go. And now it's well, time to get the last professional mountain that he's yet to climb. How old is Super Jim? Bowl. Jim's what fifty seven? Yeah, at least fifty eight. Yeah, yeah, he's got to be right there in that neighborhood. Sixty. But Good for him, honestly. It, it, it's like, just it's so go funny. climb the last mountain. Yeah, but it is funny when 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 the talking heads, the national ones, say what what more does he have to do? Well. What more did Nick or Kirby or any of these guys have to do? Keep doing it. Uh, play, uh, coach for even more historical, you know, spots in 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 history as far as how we look at college football and the greatness. Yeah, he could move on to the NFL and then go accomplish that one thing he hasn't done yet, which is win the Super Bowl. He's already coached a team to the Super Bowl. But heck, if he stays at Michigan, it becomes the uh, winningest. Coach of all time up there in he's, Michigan. Well, he's got two NCAA investigations on him right oh, now. Oh, I know. Believe and, me, I know and, that, that, and, that. And coaching in college football, and I know you and I disagree on yeah. this, is way harder than coaching the NFL. Yeah, yeah. It, with it, all the stuff you got to deal with, the yeah. stress is there's ridiculous. a lot. That, yeah, there is a lot that you have to deal with. That's for sure. Uh, and both have different versions of what will eat you alive. That's for sure. But my only point is, is that he can coach and be a legend on either one of those stages. And I actually believe it would be easier to be a coaching legend at Michigan than it would be in the National Football League. That's just – Really? Know, yeah, it's just my thought. You think if he took just the Falcons and brought them and they, they won the Super Bowl, that would make him a coaching legend? Well, yeah, but it's just, I'm saying legend – He's already a legend yeah. at Michigan. Yeah, I think over – but I'm saying over time, winning more than one. Okay, is Lloyd Carr a legend up in Michigan? No. Okay, how many how many no, natties did he I would think so, Yeah, yeah how many natties did Michigan he win? Is. Yeah, yeah. Michigan yeah. Is. Yeah. 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 In Michigan he is. Yeah, in Michigan he is. Yeah. They won three of four. Right, was, but you're talking about how many guys not, have won – How many coaches have won a national title and a Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. How many coaches mm-hmm. have done that? 
Oh, very few. Pete, Pete Carroll, Pete Jimmy Carroll, Johnson. Pete Carroll, Jimmy. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson. Very, yeah, very few. And so Switzer, right? Switzer. Switzer. Yeah, Switzer. He doesn't Switzer. count. Yeah. He's he does that. count. He, he, that. he did it. He was given that championship. <clears throat> he did. Yes, Coach, Coach Campo is part of that staff. The mm-hmm. only time he was the D coordinator of a Super Bowl winning a team. So he definitely will take that and say, I'm not hey, taking a shot at Dave. Yeah, you can't, ta- you can't take that away from Barry. Switzer, but, that's all. But I, I, I guess the point is, is that Nick became a legend by winning and winning and winning and winning. Now, when he walked away, whenever he decided to walk away, if he had one or two, would he have been, would he have been considered a legend like he is now? That's my only point. Well, Kirby, now, he's considered the, away. now he's considered the greatest coach in football, yeah. NFL or college. Yeah. If he has two champion, two national championships, he'd just be considered a legend in Alabama. Yeah, and, the greatest and, coach in NFL. No, I don't know I about that. Is. I don't know about that. I, think he's the, I actually think he's the greatest. I think coach for every in any two, sport. I think for every two, for every two natties, that's the Super Bowl. Yeah, because because Bill Belichick is a greater coach. I'm just saying, Super Bowl wins is, is a lot more prevalent than. What's your the boy done without Tom Brady? Yeah. Oh, well, listen. Hey, but he had him. He, he had him. He can't know who you who you get. Hell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was thinking. I'm sure when he drafted him in the sixth round, he was like, "Oh yeah." He's going to take me to the promised land. Yeah, that part. Had yeah. to develop him. Yeah, Wash, uh, Bill oh, Walsh. That was literally a camp arm is what that was. Uh-huh. Six-round pick of a quarterback. Of course he was. Arm. That's a camp arm. Yeah, but when you're Tom Brady. He goes in there and he says, oh, he's a little bit more than a camp arm. We well, might but keep he, him. But here's and the he thing. When it. you're Tom Brady and you go to the owner and said, draft me is the best decision you ever made in this franchise. That's what they say Tom Brady told the owner his first his first year and, and with the Patriots. Drafted me was the first best decision you ever did for this franchise. Yeah. Was he wrong? Yeah. No. How many other no, but how many other players have said that? Right. Right, JJ. Exactly. How many other guys don't know that you don't hear about? How many other guys have gone to your saying you got Drew Brees. Best decision you ever made. I'm saying you got Drew Brees in front of you. You're a six round pick. You go to the owner and you say nobody can hear when both are saying. Say it again, man. I said, how many other guys? I said this to the owner in a month and they're cut. It yeah. happens all the Shad time. Shad Khan, he's like, Chason came to me after we drafted him. <laughs> told me, I'm going to be the greatest <laughs> defensive end of all time. There, yeah, there are only a few of them that get it right, that's for sure. And boy, did Caleb on waste uh, time here uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Man, that resume, uh, that epitaph for his Jacksonville Jaguar career. <laughs> Holy smokes. All you right. Chase on going into Shad. Yeah. Best. That's oh. you ever made. All right, 641-1010. Uh, we'll, we'll stay on this theme because we at least want to get into what's happening in the transfer portal and recruiting world and what might not be happening now that Kalen DeBoer has come to Tuscaloosa because there are guys that are defecting uh, out of that, that basically that tied either portal or recruiting class because you have 30 days after your coach steps away to step away uh, from the university, either decommit, or move on without any penalty, uh, especially if you're moving on. And we're going to find out whether this guy can hold a class together. Yeah, in case you missed it, the biggest news of those dominoes to fall in Tuscaloosa, Caleb Downs, the highly touted first-team all-freshman. believe he's going to get some All-American overall mm-hmm. honors as well, Matt. Correct yep. me if I'm wrong. Yep. And also, he was a guy who, when Nick Saban spoke to Reese Davis last week, just hours after announcing his retirement, he said that that was one of the leaders who came to him and was so emotional about his departure. He was so critical to the development of this team over the past eight months, this particular group of guys. Mm-hmm. And now he's out. He, he's out. He says he's hitting the portal. Maybe that means he just wants to test the waters before returning to Alabama and Kalen DeBoer. But it's it's fascinating, especially, <laughs> well, especially, Matt, because Jabbar Muhammad, the star corner for Washington, already came out and said, yeah, Kalen wants me to follow him to Alabama. Yeah, that's – he's not the – Look, Caleb Downs is not the first, will not be the last. There will be many other players that leave Alabama. Yeah, so let's it's get going, into that. It's going to happen. Yeah. It happens every time a new coach gets there. 
you're talking about a drastic change from a mm-hmm. guy of Nick Staven's stature yeah. to yeah. now a new coach. Yeah. And that, that's like these guys went there because of Caleb Downs. Nick Saban's a defensive backs coach. He's been a defensive backs coach all his life. Caleb Downs went there for that specific yeah, reason. Specifically, yeah. yeah. All, right, all right, so let's get into that, and, and we'll stay on the uh, Jaguars. We'll look at the divisional round. Uh, uh, the best uh, eight teams right now as far as the playoffs are concerned. We're going to rank them uh, as we go through XL primetime today. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can check us out on YouTube, 1010XL. All you got to do is search us and check it out right there as we stream live. You're riding in the First Coast Honda Dealer Studios. XL primetime on 1010XL. Hello, you're on the air. There's more to 1010XL than radio. 1010XL is multimedia. All communication lines are clear. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Find 1010XL on your social channels. Hey, it's Matt Hayes. You can't control the weather, but at Fenwick Home Services, we make sure your home is comfortable all season long. Whether it's time for a tune-up, a repair, or a system upgrade, our expert technicians will guide you to a custom comfort solution that gives you peace of mind. We are always available with same-day, 24-7 service, and to get you through the rest of the season, we are offering $50 off any repair. Plus, get comfort on your terms with flexible finance options. Your comfort is our priority. Schedule your visit online at FenwickHomeServices.com forward slash radio. Brackish Vodka. A proud partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars is the smoothest local vodka you can find. Made right here in... That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. On the heels of the news that Ryan Nielsen, the Atlanta Falcons D.C., will interview for the Jaguars D.C. vacancy, Marco Emanuel, the Jets safeties coach, has finalized his interview with the Jags. He will interview tomorrow... He, of course, was the Falcons D.C. as well, ironically, once upon a time, and was also part of Doug Peterson's defensive staff in Philadelphia. Yeah, and when you go back to 2020 when he was there for one year, it was not a great year. We all know that. It was a dreadful year. I think it was a 4-12 and season, I'm pretty sure. Uh, anyway, he does have ties to Doug, and Doug knows him. And then he came in to Atlanta after, as the D.C., after they had that fail uh, to Tom Brady and company when they lost a – what was it, a 28-3 to lead with five minutes to go in the third quarter. I did love all the memes that, uh, that came out of Bill Belichick interviewing with the Falcons this week of Arthur Blank asking Bill Belichick, explain to me or tell me about a time that you overcame a deficit or adversity. Mm. Well, there was that yeah, uh, yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah. 28-3. to <laughs> Who were we playing? Oh, yeah. Remember was... when you came down on the field to celebrate <laughs> a little too early, Arthur? <laughs> exactly. Never forget. Yeah, remember when Kyle Shanahan kept calling passing plays and Matt Ryan said, okay, we he can learned, do this. He learned his lesson, though. That's oh, the biggest thing. And now out, he's out here running the ball with Christian McCaffrey and the Niners, many believe, now have as clear a path to the Super Bowl as any team has in recent memory. Let us merge between the NFL and the college football ranks before we dive into the Alabama situation. A saucy nug for you all. Mm-hmm. A bet you, if you may. Can you list for me the schools that have the most representation, the colleges that are most represented in the NFL divisional round? All right, I'm going to immediately <laughs> guess Iowa. <laughs> one of them. Iowa is indeed <laughs> one of them. Yeah. 
There's yeah, a lot of gators are. in there. I know that. Yeah. Gators are gators. gators actually, if you can believe it. Might have been the top. The Gators have 15 players playing in the divisional round, the wait, most wait, of wait, any school. Wait, wow. wait, wait. Are, are these starters or are they just yeah. on the sideline? They're on the roster. We could be sideline guys, okay? okay, okay. But listen, five years from right. now, that stat will not exist. Hey, but yeah. right now. It includes the punter. Yeah, take advantage Tommy of it. Tommy Townsend forever. Townsend. Yeah, mm-hmm. the town's in effect. But yet, and yet they haven't won an SEC since 2008. Yeah. Yeah. What uh, about Georgia's? Yeah, you keep be the in. music going, JJ. Oh, oh no, we got a couple more. So Georgia, yep. Okay. So that's the top three. Ohio right. State. Fifteen for F- Florida. Fourteen for Georgia. Fourteen for Iowa. Wow, Ohio- we are three. for The three Gators have three. more. We're three for three. Yep. Ohio guys. Ohio State is yeah, also Buckeyes, there. Yeah. Eleven. So there's three schools that are in between those three. LSU. And then- LSU. Yeah. yeah. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Hang on. Clemson. Hang on. Nope. Uh, it is kicked out. Penn State. Penn State is fourth. They Darn have 13. Nice. I, had, I did not have the courage. USC? <clears throat> nope. Mm. Mm-hmm. Texas. Nope. Oklahoma. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. Solid strategy. This is going to be a, a rare one. UCF. <laughs> Southern Miss. It's going to be somebody like Wake Forest. Like no, it's, it's three blue bloods. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. Right. The program. SC. <laughs> the well bluest done. of bloods. Well Kentucky. SC. <laughs> no, no USC. Leon already Did guessed. anyone say oh. Alabama? Thank you, JJ. Oh, oh I thought 12. we said them. Oh, okay. Okay. We just forgot about them. Yeah, I thought we named yeah, Alabama. they're dead. <laughs> Rome, Rome is burning, so we just let it yeah. ride. Two yeah. more. Uh, we have Gus Edwards. We have uh, Jordan. Uh, I'm trying to think of the hurricanes. Oregon? No. Oregon's not a blue blood. Thank you for saying that, Matt. Um, well, they're on CBS now. So. Well, no, that's, that's true. Yeah. They stole that music. <laughs> Florida State? Nope. Yeah, because they kicked out no quite a few for a while. Nope, no Clemson. Mm. I don't know. It's here. Who is it? Who is it? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. There you go, oh, Matt. At nice. the buzzer with 12 and tying Ohio State with 11 players playing in the divisional round, Michigan. Mm. Mm. Okay. Michigan, I guess you, you, you definitely have some guys on the defensive side that have come out. Uh, the Aiden Hutchinsons of the world uh, mm-hmm. that are still playing on. All right, that's a good one. Uh, we got some more saucies and and, and whatnot that we we're gonna uh, basically keep looking at the entire eight and all the storylines similar to that. Let's do that real quick though. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. A perfect segue as another Alabama starter has defected from Tuscaloosa. Left tackle, Caden Proctor, started as a true freshman for Nick Saban. Plans to enter the transfer portal, according to On3 Sports. Iowa! Yeah, if if you name... Yeah, because they he was the He's first. He's from Des Moines. Right, he was the first five star ever. Right, that came out. He was no, committed no, no. to he was Iowa the first forever. To DJ yeah. yeah, he was committed to Iowa forever. Yeah, and then okay, maybe that's what, maybe that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. yeah, no, no. So his best friend Xavier Nwankpa, who's the star safety for Iowa, he was a five star as well. Okay, and so they were going to be a package deal, and then the week before signing day. Saban Boom. swooped in. Yeah, Bama, what Bama. did Alabama think was going to happen when they hired oh, this nobody? Yeah. Oh, well, it's not. They could have hired anybody and it wouldn't no have happened. No way. Dude, I refuse to believe that. Okay, no, no. You got to you gotta do the If they hired like Lane or Dabo, Lane yeah. like would have lost guys legit. too. So what? would Dabo. Not no. like this. No, this but listen, is yeah, like yeah, everybody. You got to do the football math. It's who you get and who you just said goodbye to. 
And the goodbye to Nick is as meaningful as anything. But I, I, I agree with what J.J. saying. If you replace him with a Southern uh, guy that – Someone who's that, done it yeah, for multiple and, years. Like, everybody knows him. He's and a, a guy good that recruiter. You, a guy that you instantly think can get in step with what Nick was doing. Not necessarily become Nick, but get in step with what he was doing. And Dabo and Lane would fit that description much more than Kalen DeBoer. Or Norvell or whatever. Yeah, yeah. any of the guys that, that we know have succeeded in the South and have, and have hoisted trophies, that's for sure, in the South. Um, but yeah, it, it, when Nick walks away, you know there was going to be some some damage in the recruiting. And in, well, not in only that, we, we also all think that he could have gotten Norvell, or he could have gotten Dabo, or he could have gotten Sarkeesian, or he could have gotten Lanny. Maybe they all told him no. Yeah, very, very, very possible. But the only point is, at least the way I'm seeing it, is that when you have a guy that hasn't done it consistently <laughs> over time and in these parts – you are going to lose some recruits. And Nick had a battery of talent either through the portal or in the recruiting class uh, for 2024 that was among the best in the country. He was number two to Georgia, right, if you go back and look at the, re at the recruiting rankings. And so you can't – when the goat walks away, Leon, <laughs> yeah. you're going to lose well, – you're going to have some others walk well, away. Well, here's the thing I was thinking. I was thinking about the transition from when Bobby hired Jimbo. Because Jimbo was on the staff. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a legend like Bobby Bowden, when he had finally stepped down, he had somebody already in place. Well, how, how long Coaching was Jimbo? How, 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 how many years was Jimbo in the league? At four least four or five, four, four, five maybe years. Six. Or yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking that maybe this thing sh should have been well thought of before it just went. I, it I, seems know, like they got it done look, look in at, like a day. Well, look at, look at Belichick. Okay, Belichick in uh, Mayo. Okay, yeah, this thing, Mayo. Jim yeah. Mayo. This thing should have happened like three or four years ago, but you had a guy in place. I mean, it's different from college football than professionally, but sure. I'm saying, but there's a guy in place, there's a guy in training. So when Belichick says, okay, I'm out of here, you know, Mayo's are, he's the next guy in line. I'm thinking that maybe with Nick, maybe four or five years out, maybe three years out, he could have had a guy in place, somebody. I, I'm, I'm just saying. Those guys go get hired. That guy, well, you know, those, that's are true. Like, those guys get hired. Like they they thought else, maybe, whatever, maybe Sark might be that guy yeah. going back. What three years ago, maybe three years ago, yeah. And maybe. then Texas said, "We love the look yeah. of that guy. Well, uh, let him come over." Because well, I mean, those schools were snatching offense. his assistants away. Exactly. Yeah. Way. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So let's throw out the X poll since it is on the Bama in the Bama yeah. conversation. Yeah. Uh, question of the day brought to you by Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine. Where do you see Alabama football in three years? Still at or close to the top? Middle of the pack in the SEC. And the last one is disaster, DeBoer fired. And so it's neck and neck right now between still close to the top or middle of the pack in the SEC. Someone said still a powerhouse but not a Nick Saban powerhouse in the 12-team playoff every year for the next three. That's curious, and that mm -hmm. is fascinating because obviously the advent of the 12-team playoff would give Kalen DeBoer a little bit longer of a leash. If this is still a four-team playoff, there's yeah. no question about it. I don't think they're competing, at least initially. My bigger question is – do both Caleb Downs and Caden Proctor go to Georgia mm -hmm. and do the rich just continue to get richer? And what's yeah. up with Milrow? But let's, yeah, exactly. What happens with him? What does DeBoer think he can do with, with Milrow? First off, you only have so much money for Georgia. How are you paying these guys? Right. Uh, well, he it, hasn't it, gone to Georgia yet. Yeah, it's no, funny. I know, but I'm saying, like, if you're, if you're getting all these, and they're getting some big time ads from the portal. And they're paying high school guys coming in. Yeah, look, there's there's one guy that's listed. He goes, I, I love the way it's being broken down now. They're listing cats as at, at a million-dollar value right now mm. that, that are coming in either into the portal or uh, decommitting from them. I love this. 
Caleb Downs enters transfer portal. Question, who could land Alabama's star defensive back and why he's a, quote, million-plus NIL player? I mean, that's how they're, that's how they're yeah. being viewed now. Yes. It has a price tag on it. This ain't Dollar General. Uh, this well, is especially a, got for a, a guy Caleb like Downs, who might be the best defensive back in the nation. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to command that high salary. Trevor Etienne is going to command a high salary. Yeah. yeah. All right. So go on X at Ten Ten XL and give us your vote, and then reply and give us some thoughts as far as can they hang on? Because this was, it's not a huge roll of the dice, but it's a pretty big roll of the dice by Byrne, the athletics director, uh, that he was going to step outside of the region. Now, Kalen DeBoer's established himself. Pretty dang quickly as a guy who can draw up some pretty good offense. The thing that struck me between Dan Lanning, let's make this the 10 10 take, JJ, because honestly, you're trying to find a guy that hasn't done it in the SEC, but they think might. Now, Joe C's 10 10 take. Slow smoked and served up by Sonny's Barbecue, local pit masters since 68. Sonny's across the first coast. They've got wood fired up early. They're putting those racks of ribs, those chickens on it and smoking it slow, roasting up that turkey, brisket, and pulled pork, whatever it might be. Check out any one of your area Sonny's, especially when you're getting ready for the big game because we got that big game giveaway, so I'll be listening for that. Um, so when you think about stepping outside of the region, and I would have thought, and I think most of us here would have thought, Dan Lanning made the most sense. If you were going to pluck a coach from the Pac-12, it would be a guy who had cut his teeth in the SEC. Well, Lanning said no. Phil Knight said, hey, we're going to give you whatever you want, and he stays up there at Oregon. So surprisingly, they go and get Kalen DeBoer. But you ask yourself, the thing that struck me with both of these guys is that they built the lines of scrimmage and they also could coach up the offense that you that I think players like playing in and fans like to see in today's college football world. So the 10 to take, Leon, is basically that looks a little more like the SEC. They did okay on defense. Not great, but can that high-powered offense succeed in the SEC because he built the lines of scrimmage and he had dynamic players. That's the only way they're going to survive against SEC teams is because you know they're built from the inside out. You know they're going to have punishing defense. You're going to have an offensive line that can run the ball and protect. Yeah. And if you build if you build your team around a blueprint that has been successful, the SEC has been the – shoot, there's been college football dominance over the last, what, two and a half decades or whatever? Yeah. yeah. So that's the only way you're going to compete. you got to get athletes. you got to get star athletes that can compete against guys like that. Or you got to go in the South and get those athletes and bring them to wherever you need to go. Yeah. Now, the other part of this, Matt, is that as good as that offensive line was in the Pac-12 against, let's just say, Pac-12 defenses, which aren't – you don't necessarily look at them and say, hey, that's how you play D in, in the college football world. But you take that offensive line against Michigan's defensive front and take a look at what Jimmy Harbaugh did. He drew it up against them and applied a lot of pressure to Michael Penix. Can he do that in the SEC? Can he get a, a yeah, good it's, enough it's front? It's just getting dudes. Yeah. Because their average rank over the last four years was like 24. Yeah, in recruiting the rank. Rank. Yeah. Uh, recruiting rank. Yeah, so I mean, Michigan's 18, theirs is 24. It was an anomaly this year, these two teams in the national title game. Mm -hmm. As far as typically, you have to have like a top five average recruiting class to get to the national championship game. Mm -hmm. It's what's played out over and over and over, other than, of course, TCU two years ago. But so, I, I I always I just go back to this man. I think we're panicking way too early, mm -hmm. way too early. These are guys that went to Alabama because of Saban. They wanted to be coached by Saban, and now they're leaving. So I don't clear, think it, we're not panicking. I don't, we're celebrating. But I don't. Well, yeah, that's that's true too, and I'm fine with that. I'm good with that. 
I don't think it has anything to do with they see Kalen DeBoer and they heard his speech and they think, oh, my God, this place is going downhill. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's Caden Proctor left Iowa, which is his home state, right? Mm-hmm. He was committed to them all along. Two years. The guy he, the guy he left Alabama for, I mean, left Iowa for, is now gone. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked in the least if he goes back mm-hmm. to Iowa. He might. He might. But doesn't uh, that prove that the whole, like, the the program's going to recruit itself was all fraudulent it's from the beginning? Man. No, it's, it's, it's the coach. coach. It's, okay, I mean, it's but I, I mean, that's coach. when Saban stepped down, oh, yeah, the, the next was day, prior all to Saban. I heard was, oh, that program will recruit itself. And I'm like, well, it didn't when I was growing up. Yeah. Like, who? it was trash. Did you hear that oh, yeah. my God. Come on, dude. That yeah. was everywhere. Wh- one I thing, can't give you, like, a specific guy, but I heard you're that. You're listening to the wrong people. Bro. I heard that specific statement all over TV. You're right. You're right. right. So one thing that can happen, which is pretty obvious, is that it can stay that way if they hire the right guy. And if they don't, then obviously it will tumble. Uh, And we have seen the evidence of that. You can go like, like as an example, Kirby Smart goes to Georgia and it didn't just stay on that level. It went up a level. Uh, LSU says goodbye to Ed Orgeron. Brian Kelly shows up and it stays at that level, not championship level just yet. But anyway, other ones, if you hire the wrong guy. Wait a second. Eddie O didn't stay Billy at Napier. The- if you hire the wrong guy, <laughs> it can fall in a heartbeat. Eddie O didn't stay at that level. Yeah. So well, I, I know. Mean, I mean, that's – for anyone to think that it's going to stay at the level of saving is ridiculous. It's very, very hard to I mean, do that. It's just, you're just not going to get a guy that's going to do what he did. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So let us run through. All the players who have transferred to Alabama or transferred out, excuse me, of Alabama, eight of whom have come since Nick Saban's decision one week ago on January the 10th. Tyler Buckner, as we know, is headed to Notre Dame not to play football but to play lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Ja'Cory Brooks, Louisville. He left before the playoff. These all left. Began. Yep these these are these are some that left before the playoff began. We'll get to. You want to just do the the mm-hmm. ones that left in the last because at this point. Yeah, the uh, ones that are gone because Nick's gone. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So Isaiah Bond, Texas. Mm-hmm. Roydell Williams, Florida State. Shaz Preston, Tulane. Sean Murphy, Florida State. Kendrick Blackshire, Texas. Des Ricks, Texas A&M. Ian Jackson, Antonio Kite, Amari Nyblack, and Trey Amos, and of course Downs and Proctor remain uncommitted at this time. Okay, so there's four guys in that list that are important guys. The other guys are young guys or guys that never got on the field for them. Nyblack's a big-time player. I don't know where he's going to go. He's probably going to end up going to Texas. A big-time player. Which would make three of right. the defections since Nick Saban's retirement headed to, to Steve Sarkis. To Texas, right. Um, Caden Proctor obviously has potential to be a very good player. Caleb Downs is one of the best players in the country right now. And the fourth was... Bond. Bond, right. Bond, who, okay. Bond, who became an, a, a close to elite player this year. Mm-hmm. And at least the last month of the season was really... Yeah. Had really become a guy that was their number one receiver. Yeah, if you if you're on the receiving end of fourth and Melrose, uh, you instantly become right. But the rest, of, yeah. honestly, the rest oh, of those playing. guys are guys that are either backups for the mm-hmm. last couple of years, or redshirt freshmen that or freshmen that didn't play this year and redshirted. Yeah, the other part of it is Proctor was a question mark for the first half of the year. Yep. Okay, let's not forget Everybody that. who thinks that he's yeah. just going to be a plug-and-play, like, yeah. he struggled at times. Yeah. Like, there and were then, a lot of Iowa fans that, yeah. when they were undefeated, were like, I'm kind of glad we didn't get right. him because he's yeah. got some issues. Yeah, and, and he improved, but they still have to make sure whoever gets him, he obviously. struggled in that Michigan game, boy. Yeah, Ooh. so it's not like – So is he really going to think he's going to go back to the Big Ten and it's going to be easier? Yeah. No, so that would probably my, my guess is that's yeah. probably where he goes. Yeah, all right. So we'll definitely stay on, on that subject. On the heel of the news that uh, the, the offense coordinator search is – Still ongoing. However, Seth Wallace has been 
upgraded to uh, assistant head coach mm-hmm. of the Iowa Hawkeyes. Wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm. the same guy that was indicted uh, in the same Ferentz and uh, he who must not be named strength and conditioning coach. Accusations. Yeah. yeah, he's now the assistant head coach. Lots of fun up there. That is your Big Ten update of the day. We will roll on with more XL Primetime coming up in the 1 o'clock hour right here on a golf club of Southampton Wednesday. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. 1 o'clock hour is here. It's XL Primetime. Josie, Mia O'Brien, Maddie Hayes. We are the Sausage Dudes. That is Leon Searcy and JJ cranking it out. Uh, we roll into this 1 o'clock hour talking about uh, the, the divisional round uh, of the NFL playoffs and spend a lot of time uh, in the first hour on Alabama and whether Kalen DeBoer can even come close uh, to the standard that is uh, Saban football up at Alabama. We got our X poll out on that subject. You could definitely check it out at 1010XL on X. Uh, and then we definitely have been on the Jaguars so far with the idea that they're going to bring multiple guys in, including uh, Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator for the Alab- or excuse me for the Atlanta Falcons, who was part of that staff that was let go under Arthur Smith uh, by Arthur Blank, and then also now Marquand Manuel who is coaching secondary, or is it just safety? Secondary? Secondary. Secondary up in New York under Robert Sala uh, and is also a former D coordinator. Uh, Coach has got a little intel on uh, Nielsen that we'll throw out uh, a little bit later on. Our Coach Campo, um, we definitely will get into that as we go along today. Uh, I got a kick out of this one thing, though, uh, and and, Mia makes most of the press conferences, uh, like the embedded and shredded one does, uh, Hayes, Carline, uh, for 1010XL, but – how about the reporter that asked Todd Bowles how he was going to prepare uh, for the cold up in Detroit? Uh, we need to pull that sound by JJ because uh, uh, yeah, is that he, real? Yes. Yeah, yeah I saw it, it this morning. Yes. Yeah. Um, the weather has been a factor in some of the playoff games, even for the most prepared teams. Uh, today it's uh, 13 in uh, Detroit, which doesn't compare to some of the temperatures we tend to talk to. Any special plans to acclimate the team to not only uh, endure but perform in those kind of frigid temperatures should you face them in Detroit? You do know we play indoors, right? And they got a dome. I don't um, No, nothing planned. We're, we're indoors, and we only have to be outside for 20 seconds getting off the bus, going under the thing, so we'll be okay. <sighs> I would just echo what Peter Schrager of Good Morning Football just tweeted out as my official response, which is, this is more of a statement on the economics of local TV news. I'm certain this reporter wasn't the dedicated sports reporter, but one of many hardworking local news folks being asked to cover everything now. Mm-hmm. I can tell you it happens more than you think. Well, the first thing I did think of, news department yes. as opposed to sports department. Like they're yeah. in the second yeah. round now. Yeah. So now we got to do something headline Tampa. news, yeah, yeah on yeah. TV forty seven or whatever. Let's do it is. human interest. Yes, <laughs> let's. Do it's something. cold out there. <laughs> I mean, I said it. To, uh, How are, are you guys going to be okay? Yeah. I said it on a call in with local uh, South Florida radio this morning. I said to them, I was like, "Look, I've worked in local news for ten years. I can tell you that is the type of question a news director is saying to ask and focus on that angle." because it plays for Mr. and Mrs. Jones watching on local television. I'm sorry. That's that's how the sausage is made, folks. Yeah, all right. So, anyway, that cracked me up just a little bit. So, uh, you got all the divisional round to look at. 
Golf Club of Southampton. They bring you today's show. You definitely want to check them out, especially when that sun is out, warms up just a little bit. Call 287-PLAY. Get on the tee sheet uh, and, and go out and enjoy some cooler weather. It might be a little too cold for you right now, but you definitely can it's enjoy not it. not in a dome. This, yeah, not in a dome. Not in a dome. They, now, they will have They will have Thursday night trivia well, in their clubhouse this, dome, uh, but then Friday yeah. night under the lights uh, on the patio, it definitely will still well, be chill. The sad thing about it is it sounded like a sister that would. Oh, it was. It, okay. it, it did. Certainly. But, but right, again, that's, I, that's I, supposed to be. That's, uh, <laughs> that's why I just told Matt, hey, let's just sister. I'm come staying on out there. of this. Man. Yeah, I, I had to say it. It had to be said. It had to be said. I just, I am, you know how He I was very how, polite you know. to her. Yeah. Yeah, like, he could have destroyed her if he wanted to. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, when he I'm asked, glad. he goes, he you are discretion. aware that. Discretion. He goes, you are aware that. Or they play inside, and she didn't have a response to that. No, that was that. Pregnant pause. It was uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't aware. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, and also, her question was so damn long. Yeah, it was. Uh, how are you preparing? Uh, it's going to be sixteen. Because some places, you know, it's, it's more like cold than others. It's like that extended question. Huh? Stop. Don't. As do a follow up. Don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's a great journalist. <laughs> He's my friend, man. Oh, uh, all right. So the Jaguars. Uh, we know that there's going to be interviews that are taking place. We mentioned Wink that. Martindale. We mentioned uh, the Atlanta Falcons defensive coordinator, Ryan Nielsen, and then also Mark Juan Manuel. And so, Jaguar fans, let us know. If you've done any intel research, if, if you want to just chime in on that 641-1010, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures because there are guys that you don't know a whole heck of a lot about, all right? You may uh, have Googled, looked up, read, or whatever, but what are you looking for in that defensive coordinator when it comes to Doug Peterson making a very important hire for this football team. Uh, we can say, hey, there are three different phases of football, Leon, but you know as well as I do, it's offense and defense. Okay, special teams comes in in special moments, but it's offense and defense. It's can you score and who you're going to stop from scoring. That's basically it's what really it is. It's really that simple. It yeah. really is that simple. I mean, we, we try to we try to make difficult. We try to make it difficult. But can you score? Can you stop the score? Yeah. And can you can you can you stop and defend on special teams? Can you kick field goals? That's mm -hmm. that's what it boils down to. And you've got to have the people. You got to have the people in place at the top and the bottom and the assistant. And you got to have the team to buy in to. And, and and the biggest problem that this Jaguar team, in my assessment, watching they didn't, they never played a complete game. Yeah, they never played a game where offensively we kick. Clicking defensively, we were making stop, and special teams were covering and we're kicking field goals. And, and until they get to that point where they have a complete football game, you're going to have seasons like this. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have letdowns. You're going to have uh, colossal collapse towards the ends, that kind of thing. Until this team learns how to play a complete football game from start to finish. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to have the kind of collapses that we had this year. Yeah, because you're going, you, you got to go down the line of play hungry, play smart, play uh, with intensity and some nastiness. And mm -hmm. I, I think if you listed all four of those, they, they were kind of missing down the stretch. Yeah. And I think that hurts, that's for sure. All right, coach, at least giving us a little bit as far as uh, what Ryan Nielsen is, is concerned, uh, as far as, you know, what he hears, what he thinks, and so on and so forth. He said, great job organizing the defense and tremendous uh, difference statistically from last year to this year. Uh, an accountable coach, a loyal coach. Those are the things that he likes more than anything else. But you're talking about one-year experience as a coordinator, and that's what you have to deal with. The Everything that goes on in the NFL when it comes to game planning and these – you know, we used to see passing game coordinators, that title only on the offensive side. We now see passing game coordinator titles on the defensive side because it ain't easy. Nickel, dime, whatever you are, you're out of your base defense. You're playing five or six DBs. These guys, it becomes their specialty. 
and you're playing 50% or more out of base. So you better have your act together on that side of the football. And the only thing I worry about uh, is lack of experience. And I still uh, want a guy that's innovative on that side. How did that work for the Eagles the other day? Yeah. Oh, my they got God. exposed. Did they not? They half the game. Well, they played what three, three, five defense with torched. five, five back defensive yeah. backs, and they got torched. And guess what? Matt Patricia, veteran defensive nah, coordinator. That part is he not? Yeah, yes, and can't, he is. And, and can't you like come out of this between his fail up in Detroit and his fail here? You can't help but say he lived off of Bill Belichick's coattails. And now can he go back to New England and live off of Gerard Mayo's? That's I mean, that may be that or, I mean, Saban rehabilitation doesn't exist anymore. Where else is there a seat for him to go sit at? Um, On the subject of Ryan Nielsen, you know, I pried around with a couple of my my embedded and shreddeds up in Atlanta. And the biggest feedback I got from them is they feel like Ryan Nielsen is a future head coach in the National Football League. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing because – that's what Press Taylor was also once upon a time heralded as. Mm-hmm. But here, here's something from one of my guys there who said, after the Jarrett injury, their run defense got gashed a few times. He had good schemes. Teams just wore them down. Plays a lot of man. They'd get beat deep a little too often. But the biggest thing was he had control of his side of the ball as everything devolved with the quarterback situation with Arthur Smith. The season was kept alive by the defense. So two big things I take away from that. We know that that would suggest Ryan Nielsen has attention to detail. Mm-hmm. And Doug Peterson is craving that on the defensive side of the yeah. ball in light of what happened over the last two months here in Jacksonville on that side of the ball. The second is the notion of playing a lot of man. Because I was talking with Gus about it. Like, do the Jags have the personnel to play that much man, being a predominantly zone team over the last however many years it's been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he actually went through, and if you look up on his Twitter page, it's at Gus underscore Logue. He went through and did the crunch the numbers about Tyson Campbell in premier matchups in man coverage against Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, he said he was a top 30 cornerback among 120 qualifiers in the following metrics on snaps played, cover zero, cover one, and cover two. And it's basically every metric. Completion percentage allowed, yards per attempt, total EPA, success rate allowed. So he was a top 30 quarterback, la- cornerback, excuse me, last mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. He obviously was hurt this year. I think we've detailed that extensively. Yeah, M- multiple. Do leg you dismiss injuries. him heading into a contract year and say he can't play man? Or do you say we really haven't well. given him the opportunity <clears throat> to do so? Well. And maybe if we bring in the coaching staff that could develop and unlock that, maybe he and Darius Williams could. Well, if he can, a contract year, he, he's going to play man if he's going to make that money. To be quite honest with you, he's going to be able to play man and press because if he a man press, if he if he can be a lockdown corner going into his last year of his contract, that's how you get paid. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, this notion that can he play man, can he not play man, if he want to get paid, he better be able to play man. Yeah, and, and I have to go back and think about the the timeline of this, but Shaq was more – Shaq Griffin, high-priced mm-hmm. free agent that they signed, and Darius Williams, high-priced free agent that they signed. They were more zone, weren't they? Yes. Yeah, and zone. then when the injury occurred to Shaq and Darius, mm-hmm. who I thought play, was asked to play inside far too long, I thought he was immediately going to go to the outside. Anyway, he went to the outside last year, and I thought they played more man, and I thought he was successful. So I still think that's a possibility because that means both him and Tyson were asked to play man down the stretch more last year. Then – whatever reason you can go injuries you can just go scheme they didn't do it as often but I agree with what you're saying Leon mm-hmm. is that 
to make the salad. This is his salad year, as you like to describe it. You know, this is you're trying to make some 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 lettuce off of this this final year. You got to go out there and prove that you can stay healthy, that you can make plays on the ball, and you're going to have to do that in man. Most often, you're going to have to do that in man. So see what you can do. All right, so we'll keep it going. You guys can jump in on that subject, 641-1010. We will look at these eight teams coming up, and we'll ask uh, all of us to give from eight to one, okay? Instead of our five-on-five with our top ten, we've got eight teams left in the divisional round. Eight teams, how they rank. Eight quarterbacks, how they rank. And maybe if you did have Trevor in this conversation, where would he rank uh, among those? Um, D-A-L? I don't know. I don't know. But we'll ask that question coming up on XL Primetime. Grilling up lunch with Leon and the Sausage Dudes. Sausage with a purpose on 1010XL. I'm not going to lie, Leon. You went over. You grabbed another one of those little packets over there. Yeah, well, my pitch count is at four right now. I've, I've, four. I've only had one. Yeah. God bless Matt Hayes with Awaken 180 that he has refrained. You're I, tempting I, me. They're just sitting I, I, there. Get in my belly. You're talking about individually wrapped double chocolate chip. Double chocolate chip. Wal- walnut pecan. I probably so, should have specified that when I said those little packets oh. over there. Um, oh. Yes. Courtesy of the one, the only auntie. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm going I'm to have to put auntie on speakerphone. Our nooners on YouTube yeah, love it. Yeah. We have multiple people commenting on, the, on mm-hmm. the YouTube chat about how much they love auntie. Oh, man, auntie's the best. It's like we need to get the box at JJ. Go get the box and just show them on YouTube because now, they she put the bubble wrap oh, in there. Oh, she did, absolutely. To avoid breakage. Now, auntie is the, she's the mother is it, of. Is it back there? Yes, yeah, well, it's back yeah, there in the box. Yeah, she, there she, you go. she took it. Now, my auntie, she's the mother of Maurice Allen, who's the longest driver champion. Yeah, uh, you know my 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 little cousin Maurice. He's the longest driver champion. All right, so JJ's showing on YouTube. yeah, show the box. Yes, yeah, on YouTube, folks. Incredible. Yeah. By the way, I'll just I'll just snag one right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want? Yeah, yeah. one that. I'll take another one too. Is, is that the last one? That's the last one. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, gosh. man, oh, that freaky. went quick. Yeah. yeah. All right, we. we I may love save Auntie. it for she an afternoon. She is the XL snack. prime time mm-hmm. uh, auntie. That's for sure. Um. Uh, I forgot what we were doing. All right, so our now eight, we're our ranking eight. our eight. Our ranking our eight. Yeah, so mm-hmm. basically, you know, we, we we like to do our five on five, you know, high five, low five in the NFL, adding up to 10, and we did our college football. Anyway, college football's gone. We're down to eight teams in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why not fire up some NFL music? And, and basically, I thought it would be good if we go teams and then quarterbacks. And the reason I bring <clears> up quarterbacks <throat> is so we can bring Trevor into this discussion. We can also bring Jacksonville, of course, mm-hmm. into this discussion, Leon. But at least start us off with teams. Eight, teams? Eight, yeah, All eight right. down to one. Okay, so are these are the eight teams left in the playoffs, how I've got them ranked. Yep. All right. All right, at number eight, I've got the Buccaneers. I got mm-hmm. the Buccaneers at number eight, even though they were very impressive against the Eagles. Uh, Baker Mayfield had one outstanding game through for three touchdowns. I got them at eight. At seven, I got the Texans at seven. I've got Green Bay at six. I got your Lions at five. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. that's disrespectful. I know it is. I know. <laughs> uh, JJ's is not going like. I had. K- I have KC at four. I do too. Oh, okay, you got KC at four. Okay, I got the Bills at three, and I got the Niners at two, and I've got the Ravens still number one. You do have the Ravens at one. I still do. Yes. And honestly, it's hard to argue because of the head-to-head. All right, so hit them. Eight to one. That's true. Yeah, because I mean, I, I guess I'm neglecting the head-to-head, which yeah, is probably it critical. Has to count. I have the Bucks at eight, although I think they're playing as well as any team in the national. Well, of the eight left, mm-hmm. 
At number seven, I have the Texans. I feel like I may regret that after this weekend. Mm -hmm. At six, I have the Packers just because the Packers have invested so much capital in the draft on the defensive side of the ball. I know they've been up and down, but at some point or another, it's got to show up. It obviously did against Dallas. Can it show up in San Francisco? We will see. At number five, the Detroit Lions. At number four, the Kansas City Chiefs. At number three, the Buffalo Bills. No team has been hotter over the last two months. I have the Ravens at two and the Niners at one. I feel like part of that is I think the Texans could give the Ravens a more more of a run for their money than the Packers will in terms of stylistic going up head-to-head. Mm-hmm. Matty? Uh, I love the fact that we get to see Mahomes on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, first it's, and foremost. it's legit. On the road in a tough situation, a tough environment against a hot team. Love that. I got Bucks at eight, Packers at seven. Love the way the Packers are playing. I mean, watch Jordan. Jordan Love looks exactly like Aaron Rodgers in that offense. They, yeah, but it's so funny. It's like ridiculous. we talked about the yesterday. The way he throws everything. It's like we talked about yesterday. It's a different offense, which still blows my mind because Aaron Rodgers said, "I'm I'm not running with that bad boy." It's crazy. It's, it's he clearly learned behind Aaron Rodgers and watched Aaron Rodgers, and he's become a really good quarterback. I got the Lions at six. You got the Chiefs at five, JJ. That is disrespectful. You have the Texans above the Chiefs? Uh, It's not the only team I got above. Oh, come on. I got the Bills at four. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I got the Texans at three. Mm -hmm. Doesn't make sense. That is a hot team. You love CJ Stroud. That's a hot team with a white hot quarterback. I got the 49ers at two and the Ravens at one. All right, so let's just go ahead and keep shaking it up. Why not? Because, uh, you know, uh, we, we deal in anger. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and if it if it doesn't go well, then you know we'll we'll, we'll just basically explain it away later. But uh, you know the Chiefs, I also think are as vulnerable as it gets. Yeah. And, and I'm talking about when you compare what they were to what they are now. And this is the only reason why I'm going in this direction because I'm going to drop them even lower. All right. I think we all have the Bucks number eight. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just because, uh, but I just think we're also ignoring what Baker Mayfield did this past week, and this includes me because I'm putting a mate as well, because he had an unbelievable night, and he did it with guys dropping the football. How much better could it have been if Mike Evans and company had not dropped the football? Bottom line is I still have them eight because I just don't see them moving on. And when I look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I feel like they're a little bit of a distant eight. Now just go ahead and throw rocks if you want, but I'm going to put the Kansas City Chiefs next. Because I feel like, Jesus. I, I honestly, I just feel like right now, now defensively, they have stepped up. They are big time. They're playing legitimate championship level football, okay? But I feel like the receiving core is still a major liability. Rishi Rice is the only guy that has stepped up, okay? Travis Dropsy has not stepped up, okay? He has got a swift problem, and he needs a swift kick in the rear end. So I have no hesitation in putting them in that seventh spot. The Green Bay Packers can prove a heck of a lot to us if they keep going. And I'm going to put them in that sixth spot because of what they did was special, but they did it against a bad Dallas defense. Then I go with the Houston Texans. Certainly can turn a lot of heads uh, when we see what they can do against Baltimore. But that team, that offense traveling into, I think, a tough, tough town to be able to keep it up. So I've got them number four. And I've got Detroit number three. And they can make a statement. They can step into the NFC Championship setting if they do what I think they're going to do against Tampa. And so I have no problem putting them in that fourth spot. And then you come down to these last three, and it's Buffalo, it's San Fran, and it's Baltimore. And that's the order I'm putting them in. Because I still think Buffalo is red hot. 
but let's also make sure that Josh Allen keeps things clean. And we can't forget two teams that were off, arrested, and worked hard enough to get that weekend off. And so I'll just go that. I'll go in that order. I'll go in that order. All right, you want to go, uh, JJ? JJ? Um, I just want to reiterate that Joe has the Chiefs <laughs> number seven, the Packers and the Texans above him. All above right. them. Yep. Um, I have the Please. Packers eight, Bucks seven. Really, it doesn't matter to me. You can flip those. Yeah. Uh, the Texans six, Lions five, Chiefs four, Bills three, Ravens, and the Niners number one. Mm-hmm. And so you do have the Niners number one, even though Baltimore did beat them at their house. Okay. Yeah, right. I, it's the playoffs now. I, yeah, sure. I, I think yeah. the Ravens could easily lose on Sunday. It changes. All right, quarterbacks, uh, Big Sirs. All right, quarterbacks. All right, number eight, I got Baker Mayfield. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. Yeah, all right. yeah, it's hard. He had that great game against mm-hmm. the Eagles. Absolutely great game game. Number seven, I got Love. What he did against the Cowboys in, in that defense on the road, very spectacular. I got Stroud at six. Same thing goes for him. Yeah, I mean against that Cleveland defense. It's funny that the number one defense and the number one offense both tumbled in the same week. Dolphins and Browns, both yeah. Audi. Number five, I got golf. I got golf. Number four, I got Purdy. I got Purdy at four. Number three, I got Patrick Mahomes, boy. Mm-hmm. It was very interesting to see him on the road against Buffalo. You know, he's been comfortable to, what, last five, six years at home? Mm-hmm. You know, never having hit the road. So, it's gonna be that's going to be a doozy. I can't wait for that game. Above him, I got Josh Allen at number two. And at number one, I got El Boogie. Mm-hmm. He is a stud. A potential MVP. Yep. I'm going to upset some people once again with my rankings for quarterbacks. At number eight, I have Jared Goff. I know mm. he started out with a perfect perfect passer rating in the first half. But when you <clears throat> pressure him, when you force him to make off-platform throws, he stumbled over his own two feet not once but twice into sacks on Sunday night against the Rams. I have some concerns I give Baker his flowers. I put him at seven as opposed to number eight, like seemingly everyone else in the world, mm-hmm. because he has been able to elevate the play of that entire Bucks offense. He and Dave Canavales have this weird synergy going on. Yeah, Canavales is like a, a coaching candidate. After it's awesome. Being, they have being, they have this yeah. awesome energy. Yeah. It's like G and Steichen out in mm-hmm. Indy. Mm-hmm. At number six, I have Jordan Love because he has also looked awesome. C.J. Stroud clocks in at number five. Yes, I know he's more God-given talented than Brock Purdy, who I have at number four. But Brock Purdy has been as efficient a quarterback as we've seen in the National Football League this year, which is partially why I have Josh Allen at number three. Although he's been great of late, we know the threat of the turnover is always real, especially the bugaboo against the Kansas City Chiefs. At number two, I have Lamar. And at number one, I have Patrick Mahomes because on this list, he's the only one. I guess Jared Goff technically did take the Rams once upon a time to a Super Bowl, but he's the only one that's proved it to me in the postseason in the last, you know, however many years. Maddie. All right, I got Baker at eight. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I have Baker at eight is just because he played in, in a controlled environment against a team that was tanking. Played well. I'm going to give him that. Played well. And has played well the last second half of the season. Um, but I got him at eight. I got Goff at seven. Goff is just uh, a classic game manager, mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing no. at all wrong with that. Uh, I got Jordan Love at six. He's, man, he is rising, boy, rising. Playing well. Yep. Uh, at five, I've got Brock Purdy. At four, I've got Josh Allen. Three, I got El Boogie. Mm. El Boogie, who's got one one playoff win? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. El Boogie at three. I still think the Rams are the, are the best team right now in the playoffs, but but I don't think El Boogie's the best quarterback. Mm-hmm. At two, I got Stroud. Yeah. 
You do love him. Oh my God, you are loving on Stroud. I do love Stroud, man. I mean, man. I mean, look at him. Every time he plays, oh. it's, it's and number one, phenomenal what he's doing. Man, I'm over I mean, it. Number man one crush. is yeah. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, look, it's hard. All right, so I'll go real quick with the same type of feel. Uh, Baker last. Thank you for doing the right thing, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> Baker last. And Jared Goff, even though he's my Lions and he's done some great things, he still can wobble here and there. And so I'm going to put him seventh, and I'm hoping he makes a big statement uh, this weekend. Love, you can't ignore what he did. You have to love it if you're a Packer fan. Uh, Again, against a a D defense that just was pee poor. All right? Stroud next, and then Purdy, because he has done it consistently. Lamar, as great as he is, he's gotten even better this year uh, with – what, what looks like an MVP performance. And then Josh Allen has also had an MVP type of year. Think of what they have been able to do. Mm-hmm. And then I don't hesitate to put Mahomes first because he has done more with less this year, and he still is in a position to, 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 to get the job done. Uh, JJ. Uh, I agree. Pat Mahomes, number one for me. This To me, this isn't about like what happened last week. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, I have love as a – I have Love and Baker, 7 and 8. You could flip them however you want. I have yeah. Purdy, 6. You talk about Goff as a game manager. I think that's exactly what Purdy is. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Stroud yeah. at, at number 5, but to me, his ceiling. I mean, he could go in the top 3 next season to me. Uh, Goff, number 4. I like Goff a little bit more than the rest of you guys. Mm-hmm. Lamar, 3, and Josh Allen, 2. I could have flipped those. Yeah. Uh, I can hear an argument either one. And then Patrick Mahomes, number 1. Yeah, and that's kind of yeah. how I saw 3-2-1. You know? It, yeah. All right, so... so Go ahead. No, I wanted to show the big. I wanted to show the big fellas some love. I got the top eight this offensive is important. line. Oh, oh let's go! All right. All right, top eight. All right, the big fellas got to get some love too. Now these are these guys are very important big to sexes. the playoff. The big sexes, absolutely. You want me to start at one, or you want me to start at eight? I think I'm gonna start at one because okay. I'm gonna show you who's the last one. Yeah. At number one, I got the 49ers. Yeah. All right, number Niners, I got the number no one. No explanation needed. I got the Lions two. Yep. Ravens three, Bills four, Bucks five, Texans six. Green Bay seven, and at number eight, the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line is yeah. number eight. They have played pee poor. Yes. They really have. And if they and if they go out, yeah, it'll be because of them. Yeah, the Jawan flags, the Donovan Smith fails on the left side; those are be, real. Because the competition is going to get steeper in the playoffs, and you can't afford your yeah. offensive line penalties, holdings. They'll drive kills. Yeah, and Epinesta, mm. who is a backup, some of those guys are going to make plays against that front. All right, so uh, let's keep the Trevor where he ranks right now, just for the heck of it, coming up in just a little bit. Gio will drop in as well. It's XL Primetime, the Golf Club of Southampton Wednesday. Our next guest is not affiliated with the NFL or Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion of injuries is solely based on opinion. Now, the Bari Orthopedics and Sports Medicine Injury Breakdown. I'm coming in hot. Always good to see Gio as he comes rolling into the 1010XL studios. Uh, scrubbed up, ready to go, Dr. George Bari. Welcome in, sir. How are What's you, up, buddy? Man? I'm good. Everything good? Yeah. I mean, positive? Yeah. 2024 is like never before. Is that, is that like kind of how you're viewing it? Yeah. All right, like never listen, before. If you've got a sports injury question, you can hit the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures, 641-1010. I always call it free medical advice and Dr. George Barry, fellowship trained under the renowned Dr. James Andrews. So we're talking aches, pains uh, in the joint areas. Fire away, and we will see if we can help you just a little bit. All right, so let's go to the biggest one over the weekend. And I'm telling you what, bro, I felt bad when I saw this injury uh, on Tyler Higbee. As a matter of fact, the Detroit Lions, 
they got a little vicious on the defensive side of the ball. They tried to kill Matthew Stafford. <laughs> And and then also what they did to Higby. And you saw it, Gio. Yeah. His knee was destroyed. I mean, if you watch the replay, you would think it possibly got dislocated. I mean, it was bad. Very bad. And a dislocated knee is not good. Yeah. But, you know, he walked off the field. Um, they said he just tore his ACL, and they're going to get more testing, supposedly, to see if anything else happened. But mm-hmm. – um, it didn't look good at all. I mean, I'd, I'd be shocked if it was only an ACL. Right. Okay. So if you don't mind, just kind of give us a little bit of that because they came, the hit came from the side, which meant that that right. knee, the whole thing was completely compromised. Right. It looked like it came from the outside, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken. So immediately, the way his knee bent in that valgus deformity mm-hmm. or the knock knee deformity, you worry about your MCL tearing, right? Then he has, I guess they examined him, he has an ACL tear. Mm-hmm. If you did dislocate or get close to dislocating your knee, you have a posterior lateral corner that can tear with it, um, and then you have meniscus that can tear. So those four things is what you're worried about in that kind of hit when it, when it happens. More, more of our favorite exercise, mm-hmm. handing Dr. George Barry my laptop so mm-hmm. he can review this, because I'm not sure if you actually saw the video, Doc. We've all seen Terrell Bernard of the Bills getting carted off the field of that playoff win over the Steelers, but it's an ankle injury officially. It looks pretty gnarly. Does it not? Yeah. Or does it look pretty standard to you? Because uh, I mean, Sean McDermott said there's confidence he could play this weekend. It looks – I mean, he bent it pretty good, but it looks like a normal ankle sprain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think they're – just based on this video and the fact that they said he could play again, doesn't sound like it's too terrible. So it looks like it's one of those – he has an ankle sprain – day-by-day thing, he may need a week to recover and come back and play. So I don't think it's it's too bad. But ankle sprains can be iffy. You know, sometimes you feel better walking, but then you go to run and, and put some power behind it and, and you're sore. So it can take a, a week or two, sometimes even more. Obviously, we've seen that uh, for, for an ankle sprain. Related to that, because he was carted off the field. I know we jokingly said off the air, huh, we know someone who didn't get a cart off the field after an ankle injury. But <laughs> here's the thing, boys, like, that field at Highmark Stadium, unlike Arrowhead, unlike some of these other, you know, cold weather temperature stadiums, but they have the heating underneath the grass. The Bills Stadium does not have heating underneath it. That's part of why they're building a new stadium. So, I mean, he's rolling his ankle, yes, but it's like essentially on rock, is it not? So I was just curious, Doc, have you seen more injuries when the field is that ice cold as opposed to a normal 45-degree yeah. day? Well, I will say – um, I've never been in, I think, where, in an area where it's constantly that True. cold. But I think you do probably have more injuries uh, in the cold in the sense that you're less warmed up, right? Your, your muscles are, are tight. Um, but uh, I'm, personally, I've always been in Florida. So mm-hmm. for me, going up there, um, it'd be interesting to see the statistics. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Matty, before we get to another question, he says, personally, he's always been in Florida. I think that's why he's got that scrub you know, kind of outfit that Don he's Johnson. got right now. Because he's yeah. like, well, I'll give you an example of what Gio is doing right now. And you can go to YouTube and you can check this out. But just go ahead and fire Stand it up, up JJ. Show, man. Uh, the other one, really know. important thing, uh, Mr. Winfield did not have on a shirt. Ryan Clark I, does. I do have on a shirt, guys. Yeah. I'm not on TV naked. He, yeah, when you're in all-pro safety, though, you can come out just be nearly butt-ass naked. You I, have, you have, I am he not. actually had a suit on, very handsome. I'm an NFL analyst. <laughs> I can't come out here with my chest open like Lewis Riddick. Now, Gio's kind of looking like Lewis Riddick right now. He's, he's rocking the, the, the chain. I, I, it's funny. We had 
couple people at my house a couple weeks ago, and I made fun of one of the guys because he wore an undershirt underneath his button-up shirt. I said, listen, you got to open up the buttons, and you can't have an undershirt. Back in the day, that's what we did. Now I'm old. He's going Scorpion right now. I don't, I don't right do that now. anymore. <laughs> All right, you. You're, it's I awesome. Mean, you and your gorgeous eyebrows, too. All right. <laughs> We're in 18, 19 weeks into this season. You know, you've dealt with athletes at this point of a season. Any little hit is going to be is going to be potentially like, you know, you've got a problem. So you're talking about cortisone shots. You're talking about ways to just basically extend the season, right? Yeah. So how dangerous is it for those guys to just find a way to extend the season? I think it depends on your injury, right? If, 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 it's a, if you have an MCL tear that you can maybe still run on and you want to put a brace on it, you're going to risk making it worse. If you have a meniscus tear or a labrum tear and you just want to get it done with and, and play – that's fine, right? You just got to know, like, a uh, labrum tear, your shoulder could dislocate if, if you're having apprehension. Right. You got to wear a brace and just be careful. So it really depends on, on what it is. Now, the good thing is there's only a couple weeks left, and then you're going to rest it. So I think there's not that big of a risk, but it really depends on what – because different injuries are vastly – you know, they're, they're – there's a big difference between an ankle sprain and you have a fractured wrist trying to do something. So you, you've been around these guys. Real quick, what percent do you think of a team is when, the, when Monday begins, Monday of the work week, they're still in the playoffs, what percent of the team are going in to get training, to get, to get assistance? Like, Yeah, hurt guys. Probably more than half. I mean, they're all bang, everyone's banged up. Everyone has to go to the trainer. I mean, everyone's going to the trainer for something, right? right. Everyone has a shoulder that's been hurting them all year. And now it's just getting worse because it's the end of the season, and everyone always says the playoffs they hit harder, run faster, right? And or an ankle that's been bothering them, and now it's just finally you know you're 17 weeks in, and so I think I mean, and Leon could probably attest to it more than I can. Probably half these guys are seeing the trainer for something. And these guys were dropping. I mean, the Bills had backup linebackers in for AJ Klein was supposed to be going to the Keys in an RV with his family, and at the 11th hour, they were like. Actually, uh, you're still technically on the practice squad. Can we We're elevate you? you? And yeah. uh, and guess what? You're playing. Yeah. And, and in that type of cold weather, like we talk about, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Oh. It's just the ball's harder. I yeah. mean, it just yeah. doesn't, doesn't feel good. Yeah. It, the second half, whoever was returning the football for the Miami Dolphins, like he ran to the 15 and almost fell over. He just, I mean, he was frozen. Uh, all right, Gio. Uh, listen, we got the Breaking Bones show Sunday morning at 7.30. So if you've got a sports injury question, 641-1010, you can hit that. Uh, if we – if you shoot it to us now, we'll make sure it's on Breaking Bones uh, Sunday morning. All right, Gio, tell them how they can find out about you besides BarriOrthopedics.com. Apple, Google, and Spotify. You can go back and listen to the podcast and check out everything. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Uh, you know, Keep rocking it there, Scorpion. All right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Dr. George Barry uh, out the door. Uh, and, and, and by the way, he's got me on the mend, okay? I'm feeling better. Uh, the man knows what he's talking about. He's got me scheduled for some uh, physical therapy, so he's helping me. All right, throw, throw hey, it in there, Big Sir. No, real quick on the uh, the KC Miami game. You know, my cigar buddy Ramon is a referee. He was refing oh. that game. Oh my god! He was wow. refing that game. He told me that he felt like he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> that was his exact words at the cigar bar because. The game was uh, that. What was it? Saturday. Yeah, Saturday he night. He was. He, he was. He. I saw him when I got back Monday, and I said, "Bro, so you were at the game?" He said, "Bro, I did the game." He said, "I was almost late for the game because I was putting on so much thermal." He said he had on three. He had on two wetsuits, long johns, 
and the, the referee outfit. And he oh, said, when he God. ran out on the field, he said, Big Sirs, he said, I could not breathe. <laughs> I said, he said, I never thought. And he's I, moving around. He's moving around. He said, I Imagine never. Imagine those people sitting there in the stands. He said, I've never felt that way before in my life. And he, he told me. He said, I saw like 15 uh, people were treated for hypothermia. Yeah, he told I, yeah, me. Especially the dude that went topless. A real good He told me after the pal. game. He told me after the game. He said, he told them, don't ever sign me up for this again. <laughs> well, it's so funny because Chris Collinsworth was MIA. Yes. He, he let Jason Garrett have that one uh, just so he could make it back for the, the cool, comfy confines the next night uh, up in Ford Field, which, by the way, if you don't know, it does have – it's a dome. Uh, it, it, yeah, it, it's a dome. It is a dome. All right, real quick, big search before you leave. Yep. <clears throat> we asked – we ranked the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So we asked where does Trevor rank right now in in well, the quarterback situation. I, 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 I broke it down. Well, in the AFC, I had him at ninth in the AFC, and then I had five quarterbacks in the NFC in front of him. So if I was to rank Trevor right now, he'll probably be 15th right mm-hmm. now as far as quarterback play, 15th mm-hmm. overall. Middle and of the pack, middle, Maddie? That's why I had him, 15th. Yeah. I mean, it's generous right now the way he's been playing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm ranking him – not on potential, I'm bringing him on productivity. Right, I mean, what he did. Yeah, what he did. I mean, there's it, a difference between wanting a rose and driving one. Yeah. He, right now, you know, he's a lot of potential, but like, we haven't seen it enough, in my opinion. Pick up like, truck right now. All right, Mia, where are you putting him? The good news Uber. is I have him 12th or 13th overall. The bad mm-hmm. news is I have him 9th in the AFC. Yeah, mm-hmm. and if you start going down the AFC, and that's really where it, gets, it becomes a problem, and I'll just give you this. Last year, and I can't quite remember the number, but it was in the neighborhood of 12 touchdowns, one pick down the stretch, okay? Mm-hmm. Jordan Love is now operating on that number, okay? It's 13 and, and, and one, okay? That's the type of guy that just passed him. Now, he got passed, and Jalen Hurts got passed. Mm-hmm. And so there are two guys that played into the second, at least in the divisional round, and obviously for Jalen Hurts, they went to the Super Bowl. But these are guys that took steps back, and Dak took a step back this mm-hmm. go around. So I'm going to put him middle of the pack just like you are. Yeah. And you got him 12 or 13. Matt, you got him overall? Yeah. Like 15, 16. Yeah. yeah. JJ, middle of the pack? Yeah. I'd probably have him over a couple of the guys in the NFC we brought up. Yeah. But yeah, 10 yeah. to 15 range, 12 so, to 15 range. And so the, we're talking about the quantum leap that has to take place. Uh, and, and that means press and whoever else is on that side now being asked to do more uh, along with Doug Peterson. they got to make him a better Yeah, and this is about now. It's not about potential because I think potential right. could be very good, but yeah. this is about now. What's right. happened now? Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, we'll keep that conversation going into the uh, 2 o'clock hour. You guys jump in, 641-1010. Where would you rank Trevor Lawrence right now? You can go AFC if you want. You can go NFL overall. Where are you putting him? Put a number next to his name uh, and let us know. Big Sirs, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. All right. Will you get your uh, referee buddy to come in? Uh, uh, yeah, two, I'll reach out to him. Suits? Yeah, m- more than likely, I'll probably see him this afternoon. Okay. So I'll see if he can call, come in, come over or call in. Yeah, that sounds good. Mm-hmm. Tell right. him I got uh, some certain bets this week and I'll let him uh, yeah, do Stop it. Yeah, if we could. Actually, it's a very good point. Yeah, we can. Exactly. Excellent point. He can't do that. He told me He told me that they let him know what games they're going to do right after the game. So, so he, he might be doing another game this week. He probably, about what's today, Wednesday, he yeah. probably knows by so now. You let us know what game he's doing, and yeah. then I'll. Especially if he's headed up I'm the not about to get that. I'm not about to get that man I'm fired. Hey, no, listen, I'm not missing. There, there are so many metrics out there yeah. right now, so much analytics, yeah. thanks to PFF and everything. The, they take a head ref. And they put him in in these games and handicapped the whole, you know, how many 
flags, how what type of game they call, all kinds of stuff. Well, the interesting thing about wa- watching the game with him uh, is that he's telling other refs, hey, man, don't make that call. <laughs> I'll say, you wouldn't have made that. You know, I wouldn't have made that call. I said, yeah, you know, I can appreciate you. Oh, like during while you're watching the yeah, game. Yeah. I would pretty, love that. That cool. is cool. Yeah, like let's move on. Uh, the classic uh, minor league umpire, outs get you to the house, uh, and that's what you're looking for. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're looking to get the job done and be done. It's XL Primetime. That just happened brought to you by florida home ac the official air conditioning partner of the jacksonville jaguars all right a couple college football notes first of all just just want to say cam ward is on campus at the university of miami <laughs> hanging out with xavier restrepo love it wide receiver number one quarterback number one did um, talia reach out to xavier restrepo about getting like an eighth year of eligibility <laughs> he's got some experience unfortunately that. he will be in the nfl next year no. um yeah he didn't get his year of eligibility uh, this from Washington. So we've all been talking about the exodus of players from Alabama after their coach left. We haven't talked too much about Washington. They're going through the same thing. Their defensive back, Vincent Holmes, has entered the transfer portal, a four-star recruit from the 2023 class. And just the natural evolution of a coach leaving means players will leave. Sure. And Saban opens up that floodgate of possibilities for tied players to say, you know what, I uh, – it ain't high tide no more. It's low tide. I'm out of here. Uh, and then the same thing up in, in Washington because DeBoer, at least for what he has done, getting them to the college football playoff in the Natty uh, game, uh, they're looking around going, I, I want to go where I can be in that environment again. And who knows whether or not Jed Fish is going to create that environment. Well, it's the ability to leave now, too. I think that's what people oh, yeah. don't understand. Very, very why true. People don't, can't, it's hard for people to recognize and wrap their mind around this. Think about this. So when when Urban Meyer left Ohio State, mm-hmm. that roster that he left, Ryan Day, was loaded, chock full, loaded. Okay, loaded. Champion, and Ryan Day national, hasn't stopped. National championship level loaded roster. Okay. Yeah. So, but when he left, there was no such thing as NIL. There was no such thing as free player movement. Right. Those cats weren't leaving because if they left, they'd have to sit out a year. Yeah. Now these guys can go wherever they want. Very so true. so it's it's not so much the idea of oh my god it's saving everybody's running away because now saving no it's they're leaving because of numerous things and he, number well, one first and foremost they can yeah and like if you're doing a dramatization uh basically back then the player finds out urban leaves and says we're screwed we can't do anything well it's also so that today's and world, today's world dramatization where do you want to go yeah, where you want to go? And the to other me, school also, can't bring anybody in right now, which no. screws Alabama and Washington. Like the players have thirty days to leave, but these universities, since the portal is yeah. closed for everyone else, they can't go get any. Plus, you, you don't have I, that I, extra look, scholar. That, that's right got to change. I, I know that you guys think this isn't reality, but it is reality because at the end of the day, the money is the same, pretty much. So these guys end up going where they feel most comfortable as far as coach wise. Okay, mm-hmm. they're going to get paid. They know that. So these are also guys that went to Alabama to play for Saban. So they don't know Kalen DeBoer. They have no idea who he is. Sure. So, I mean, that's also part of it. So the idea is you can leave if you want. You don't have to sit out. And you went there for a specific reason, and that specific reason is gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, the, the movement, the uh, I, I the loyalty, quote-unquote loyalty right. to a program, it just, no, it just doesn't not, exist. It's not, it's not reality. Yeah, and I was going to use the word mortality uh, as far as college careers go, is that uh, you know, you're, you're mortal. You only have so much time. 
Well, now that's been extended. And I think what you just, you know, the, the phrase you just used is true, is it, it basically gives them life uh, that they can. And, and you know what? They could stay where they are because it is a good program and the new coach can fall in love with them even more. That's also a possibility. But Kalen DeBoer's got to sell himself to them and, and, and what he can do with that program. It's also a lot of guys, believe it or not, that even if Nick was there, we're in the portal yeah. because they're not playing. Right, exactly. The, the days of, of Nick having those four- and five-star guys just sitting there waiting to go to the next guy yeah. you know, and, and developing over a couple of years are long gone. Well, I'll give you one example that definitely pops in my head. Uh, Scott Satterfield leaves Louisville, and Jeff Brom comes in there and takes over. You think Brom's going to throw the football. Well, Jawar Jordan, big running back, says, gosh, man, I'm probably not going to have a place here. Brom says, hold on a minute, man. Don't uh, whatever I saw from you last year, and he immediately went and told him. He said, "Whatever I saw from you last year, I liked, and I got a plan for you." What did Jordan do? He goes, "Okay, all right, I'm going to stick around." And he made him obviously a very right. good player. Well, I mean, look, yeah. here's a perfect example. Okay, Malik Benson was the number one JUCO player last year. Okay, mm-hmm. he was a guy that everybody thought would be an impact player at Alabama, a receiver. Went to Alabama, caught 13 passes, couldn't get on the field. Right. So he transfers to Florida State. He was leaving whether Nick was going to be there or not, mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Right. Earl Little, another guy, couldn't get on the field. He was leaving whether Nick was going to be there or not. Terrence Ferguson, another guy, was leaving whether Nick was going to be there or not. And FSU got all three of these guys. I'm not saying these guys are scrubs. Right. I'm saying these are these are four-star guys that couldn't get on the field at Alabama, and they want to play somewhere. That's all. Which is the nature of college football yes, in 2024. Yes, especially now. It yes. just so happens that five of them are going to Florida State, which— Because they can. That's the best part of all that people don't understand. They can. They're allowed to go. It's free. They I, free movement. I think what the Nooners are, are looking for you to concede, Matt Hayes, is the fact that five of these 20-some-odd transfers from Alabama, some of whom were pre-Nick Saban's announcements, some are post— have chosen Florida State over the 129 other programs in FBS. I'm trying to understand, like, what do you want me to say? Okay, it's great. He's, he does, Mike Novell does a great job with the portal. We've already gone over that over and over and over. There's no doubt about it. I mean, let's see what happens when these guys get there. Hang the banner. He's got, I mean, portal champs. I mean, Richie Leonard was a guy at Florida who, frankly, underachieved. Started a lot of games. Let's see if Florida State can turn him into a legit interior offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying he can. I'm just saying, look, you got to go with Norvell's track record. He's clearly done it in the last two years. Mm-hmm. To the the point that Joe made about Louisville and Scott Satterfield and identifying talent and saying, "Hey, please stick around." I, I know there's plenty of trolls on the internet right now saying, "Man, oh man, how bad did that introductory meeting with Kalen DeBoer and the current Alabama roster go?" That eight of them, including two, at least two, if not more, star players. I guess four. We said have said, "Yeah, no, I'm out." Nice, right. nice meeting you. I'm out. But then you couple that again with Jabbar Muhammad, the corner for Washington, who starred in the playoff. Come on, on over. Said he's probably following Kalen DeBoer. That offensive line has been decimated, two to the NFL draft, three to the portal. I would think they probably get a look down in Tuscaloosa, do they not? And so mm-hmm. maybe that's why Caden Proctor says, all right, he's bringing in his own guy. Uh, the, the other part, and I don't know if you can remember this, Matt, uh, or Mia, the, the Brian Kelly entrance. The Southerner, when he took over down at right. Baton Rouge, right. he alienated a few people. And what happened? He had three dozen defections, basically, that he had to deal with around bowl time. He also told him you can't play. Too, right. So. Uh, and defections, <laughs> you know, defections is probably not the right word. Yeah, right. you're right. He, some of them left. Some left. And, some and the other ones he told not, to yeah, leave. Yeah. Okay. So I guess my point it's is. Not is like that, any other program. Right. And so 
you have to deal with this. And even though Brian Kelly comes in with a hell of a name, uh, they still said either I'm out or he told them to get out. And, and and so, yeah, and you can immediately have an impact if you bring those other guys. Plus, in. and this cannot be overstated enough, the draw to Alabama wasn't the money, it was Saban. Saban was the draw for all these five-star guys year after year after year after year. It was knowing he'd get them to the league, yes. they'd win a national yes, title. Yes, it's not, it's not, like, money is, I keep saying this over and over because I, I think people aren't listening. It's the same everywhere. The money is the same everywhere. You might get 10000 more here or 5000 more there. At the end of the day, these guys go, who's going to get me to the NFL quick, fast enough? Who's going to develop me so I'm ready for the NFL? Yeah, and I, I always maintain that it doesn't level the playing field. It takes you right back to where you were with the best programs generally getting the best players. But the money at least, at the very least, right. convinces guys like Luther Burden right. from St. Louis. Yeah. Well, I can go to Missouri and earn money, and I'm confident in myself that I can get to the NFL. Yeah, he, at least, yeah, he, at least you had guys like that. He's an exception to the rule. Uh, uh, quick that, uh, if you don't mind. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Since I know all you Knowles fans listening have Hayes Fawcett's tweets set on an alert for you, uh, class of 2024 quarterback Trevor Jackson, previously committed to Ole Miss, has flipped his commitment to Florida State. 6'3", 190-pound quarterback from Winter Garden here in Florida, was also an Elite 11 finalist in the 2024 class, joins Luke Cromenhawk, friend of the program, as two quarterbacks now in the incoming freshman class for Mike Norvell. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he keeps it uh, going in the right direction, that's for sure. And we'll find out, uh, like, when when you make the decision that Florida State made to up the ante, keep him, make sure he doesn't leave, the last thing they needed was more fracture around the football program oh. when they had just gotten stability and he had just gotten into a position where he's recruiting and working the transfer portal like a mother. I mean, to, to be fair to Lane, he's got – Jackson Dark coming back is a five-star. Walker Howard's a five-star as his backup. Austin Simmons a five-star as his backup. Mm-hmm. What's this kid going to do? Go in there and compete with those guys? Yeah, I, I don't, yeah, don't know. Look, we've seen a lot of these guys. Uh, I keep saying this over and over and over. Five-star don't mean nothing, okay? Uh, there's too many of them that have uh, came uh, – that walked in five stars and left one star. But these guys just... also see what's on the roster. They're not oh, – yeah. you know, oh, they, yeah. they want to go where they think they can play. Yeah, and, and Lane's proven that he can do that, and Norvell has proven that he can do right. that. That's for sure, right. you know, as far as both are, are concerned. All right, we'll keep it rolling. Golf Club of Southampton, uh, you roll the ball out, you're going to find a great golf course. Uh, cold weather, embrace it, okay? Get the, the beanie on, the hoodie on, whatever. Head on out and enjoy it. You can call 287-PLAY. The beautiful thing about it, and this has been pointed out countless times, is those from the north know how few months you get to play the game of golf. Those in the South know you can play it year-round. So enjoy it. 287-PLAY. Don't forget Thursday night trivia, Friday night music under the stars right there on the patio, uh, and they'll probably have uh, some some warmers out there for you, but a new menu item and local artists featured. Make sure you check it out at the Golf Club of Southampton. We'll keep it rolling in the college football world, and then back to the latest as far as the interview room for the defensive coordinator position in the Jacksonville Jaguars. Double team blocked from behind by James. Estrella with a block. And here comes Connect, and they have numbers. Connect left oh, hand. Wow. 
my goodness. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Oh, that Florida Gators men's basketball team. Hopefully they at least enjoyed their trip up to a snowy Rocky Top. They got to see some snow. They thought it would be better that they had to move the time up so there would be less uh, uh, fan engagement. Um, it just so happened that, uh, oh, well, Dalton Connect, uh, what a cool name because he connected time and time and time again, uh, and, and they ran. They ran Florida out of that gym. Yeah. Tennessee did. And if you haven't fully turned your attention to basketball season yet, Dalton Connect is awesome. Um, he is kind of the offense for Tennessee. And so anytime you allow for him to score a uh, career-high 39 points, uh, you're basically asking for and, a loss. And you know what? He hit from the outside. He drove the lane. He finished. He did all kinds of stuff, little mid-range jumpers. Uh, and it's, it's already a highly rated team. Uh, and the fact that you get guys like that, a grad transfer – that just goes off in Florida a couple of times got to within single digits, but it, it was not for long. Uh, and they just, I, I like what I see from Florida. They're fun. They're bigger. They can transition and, and, and drive and score, but just not, not at that level. With the loss, the Gators fall to one and three in sec play. Uh, do you want me to mention now or later that Mike White and Georgia are three and one in sec play? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that will probably be, you know, we always have this uh, Trayvon versus Aiden Hutchinson yeah. litmus test. Uh, it's Mike the, White. The in Mike basketball. White. <laughs> The Mike White litmus test uh, is definitely out there. And I, like I said, Todd Golden, at least in my estimation, has turned over that roster in a short amount of time. Granted, it's a basketball team versus a Florida football team. But Billy Napier, in no way, shape, or form, has gone out and gotten guys out of the portal that can come in immediately and make plays. And between Walt and, and, and Poland and all these other guys, they are fun to watch. And you know they're they're going to be mid level SEC when it's all said and the done. SEC, so though, if is... they don't get to the tournament, they're still going to be fun to watch. Oh, uh, I, I, in the NIT, yes. Yeah, I don't think I don't They'll think they'll get you... home games that way. They'll make some money. Yeah, I don't think you like. First off, I think any Florida fan out there wants to see any of their sports succeed. Uh, the spring sports school that I refer to, uh, like the golf and the uh, and the baseball team, but. Yeah, if they don't get to the tournament, you're going to be balking and complaining. But did Todd Golden not turn that thing around, honestly, from what they were to where they are now? Well, I mean, at the very least, he turned around the offense. Yeah. There's no more, as no, Hayes Carlion pointed out yesterday, there's no more like five-minute weird yeah. scoring What droughts. did he turn around? They're one and three in the league right now. Well, I, I understand that. They and should be two and two, the but SEC that's a story is, for another time. Yeah, the SEC is an improved league over the last couple of years. You know, you, you know – there is oh no God. joy is, in Whoville. This is more like this is more excuse from you. I, all right, where did I put an excuse in there? Please explain that. You to were me. just coming up with it. I can what, see what, what, it. I can yeah, see it right now. Yeah, right? Was he not JJ? So, Seriously. is there any truth to the rumor uh, that Florida's sports programs in football and basketball are now Mississippi State? Yeah, because yeah, that's what yeah. Hack was saying last night. And I can't really Hack argue. Hack made against. a great oh, you point, man. A great point. Yeah, y'all are just bang average. No, Mississippi so, State is one only, and two in men's basketball in the SEC, twelve and four overall. Florida is one and three and eleven and six overall. So, Maybe they're a step below the. So Hawks. the da- the danger isn't being an average, and that's bad enough. The danger is the well. If we win eight games next year, I think. Billy Napier's safe. Eight games? Right. It's, uh, let me let me explain. And, and the danger is you just saying, I, did he not turn that around? They're 1-3 in the league. Yeah. It's a turnaround and a beginning of a turnaround. Let me make this very clear. Patience, Matt. Okay. This is, I've never seen guy uh, like, you're the new 
Uh, I I am so happy when everyone else is unhappy. There are a couple I'm of not. other people who fit in that category. I'm not. I'm just tired uh, but, of hearing but, everybody making excuses. Okay, now here's the, here's what you've got to hear. That is not an excuse. Okay. It might be resignation. It might be apathy, but it's not an excuse because I'm not excusing anything. I'm basically trying to uh, paint a better picture than what was there. Okay, is it better than what was there? It appears so. But I'm not making an excuse. And if you run Todd Golden out next year or whatever because he's not getting the job done, I'll have no problem with that. I'm not making excuses for Billy Napier. I mean, I need to be taken off of that Matt list that you have. Next because, year? No, I'm saying if you – If he if, doesn't – they don't get the term this year, he should be run. Two years into his – Existence. I don't care. It's, yeah. it's okay. the NIL world, I, I, man. I, listen, I Last would love, year they had the Colin the NIL world. I would love to have a journalist checkbook that hires and fires people left <laughs> and right and never, ever has to answer the bell. Never. I, what do you mean never has to answer the bell? Of course, of course I do. No, you don't. Not when it comes to hiring and firing people. Why I mean, not? Because you have to have an answer for the guy. My stuff's you, out there all the time. If I'm wrong, people let me know. Yeah, but you don't have to write a check for it. And when you make a mistake... As an athletic director, you got to write a check for it, right? Yeah. Well, you're you're also making two million a year. Well, I, I get it. I'm just saying it's so easy to hire and fire from a microphone as opposed to when you're running the show. Is and it? It is. Yes. It, the answer is yes. The answer is absolutely 100 percent yes. Since we just fired a couple of people <laughs> right now within the last two or three minutes, yes, it is easier. Um, uh, hey, hey, I, come on. Can I can I run through? I'm going to read a couple off the text line because man, oh man. You guys have thoughts on this. <laughs> Matt and Baker, Strickland coach choices suck. He is about as useful as a screen door on a submarine. Matt is the new <laughs> hacker, starting-ish for fun. Can Matt explain what he would want instead? Because 500 to a championship isn't Here, an overnight Here's, here's what I want. Don't for, bring up TCU. They suck. Here's what I want instead. Yeah. I want to beat Vanderbilt. How about yeah. that? Yeah, look. It, I want to beat Kentucky. No How about one, that? No Let, one, let's just let's start low. Yeah. Let's low- the, the, the common denominator bar way down to beating Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Missouri. Right. How about that? No one is saying that. At least I don't think too many people are saying that. You know what? They they wake up every morning and go, My God, I want, an all, I, I want a special team that doesn't have the, two players wearing the same number. Uh, I, you, How about that? Right. Hey, hey, Radio Land. Hey, Tenton XL YouTubers. Raise your hand if you're okay with any of that. I don't think you are. Uh, and, and so every, what you want, I'm pretty sure, is what everyone else wants. They no, just, I don't think that's true, actually. I don't think that's true. I think there now is a, a por- portion of this Florida fan base that thinks, well, if we just get to eight wins, then you give them another year, and then maybe it'll work after that. Uh, you're, no. talking about, you're talking no. about the most At unrealistic. At some point, you've got to rip the Band-Aid off. Oh, my gosh. I've heard this so often. You're talking about the unrealistic, over-the-top fan base that thinks they've accomplished everything when they really haven't. That's the fan base you're talking about that's willing to accept What's unrealistic about beating Kentucky? What's unrealistic about that? In football, but, not no, basketball, yeah, just to yeah, be clear. Yeah, no, 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 in basketball, game, too. It was a two-point game, and, and there was a time. They led almost the entire game. Yeah, and they went toe-to-toe with them. There was a time. I, I just want to know what's unrealistic about beating Kentucky in football, or Missouri in football, I, or Vanderbilt in football, I don't, or South Carolina in football. I'm looking at YouTube right now. I don't think you're going to get an argument. I really don't. I think or, you might quite think frankly, you might. Quite frankly, in this state with all these athletes and elite athletes in high school, beating Georgia. Yeah. What's unrealistic about that? Nothing. Nothing is unrealistic about it. I am not hitching my wagon to Billy Napier with nothing but hope and acceptance of eight wins. Yeah, I'm not doing are. that. Yeah, I think you are. Um, if it makes you feel any better, Gator I basketball. do think I am talking to somebody that does remind me of somebody <laughs> that I used to talk to. I do think I am. 
Gator uh, basketball fans, the good news, you travel to Mizzou this Saturday, who has yet to win a game in the SEC. Then you host your twin Mississippi State next Wednesday, and then the Mike White revenge game comes to Gainesville next Saturday. So, hey, that's a chance to at least get to, I don't know, four and three maybe in the league? Yeah, and, and look, they might be closer to Mississippi State because the guy that they got running the program is from Mississippi State. So, uh, that and, and the guy who's running the football program is from Louisiana. And so, yeah, they might be getting closer and closer. I have said routinely – we have become an academic school, okay? So I am not pleased with the performance level of the two top sports. I would be – if I was a Florida fan, I would be livid about one and three in the SEC. That's number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. I'd be livid about 11 wins in two seasons from a football coach who – his geographic recruiting footprint is the state of Florida. Yeah. Kids grow up wanting to play for the Gators, and they're all going everywhere else. Mm-hmm. So – I would be livid if I was a Florida fan. Yeah, I, I, I hope. I would not be saying, well, maybe I'll get to eight wins next year. You're maybe get to nine wins. And if he does, again. you know, you know saying... then, then maybe we'll give him another year. And then maybe we'll get to nine or ten the next year. Then maybe year after that in 2027, maybe they'll have a chance to beat Georgia. AP top 25 voter here. Um, one in three. Two of your three losses were blowout losses on the road. Mm-hmm. To you know, an Ole Miss team that was coming off of its first loss of the season. They were 15-0. and 0. They yeah, were 15-1. They're, they're good. For so sure. there's that. You got routed yesterday by a sixth-rated Tennessee team that is top five by some metrics. Sixth-ranked, yeah. The one yeah. that you should be upset about is you let the Kentucky game slip away. That's yeah. the And that was at home. That's mm-hmm. the one game that I say, you know what, you should be two and two in the league. You know right why now. Ole Miss is good so quick in basketball? Chris Beard. Chris Beard. Yeah. That's why. Oh, yeah. Oh, He's yeah. a great coach. Yeah, and, and he comes from, It was by a the way, great hire. Yeah, got bounced, okay? Bag and then, man. Uh, yeah, they, Not he, a bad man, a bag man. Yeah, he got bounced, and they were smart to bounce on him quickly well, and, and hire well, him. You saw, you, and you saw what happened. You know, he got bounced, but yeah. once that story played out a little bit. Exactly. But then you realize o- that maybe it wasn't what you thought it was. Right, people overreacted. And Chris Beard is a very, very good coach. And so, yeah, I – like I have no people had Texas top three when he was their head coach th- to start last season. Yeah, I have no problem saying that what they are doing right now is well below average and unacceptable. By the way, real quick, is there a better uh, basketball head coach, football head coach duo than Chris Beard and Lane Kiffin uh, in terms of elite one. content? Yeah, and it's hotty toddy. Good, it's pretty good. Yeah, right there in Oxford. I mean, it's not of it's, all it's, places. It's not Napier and Golden, but it's yeah. pretty good. It's close. Yeah. It's close. It's XL primetime. I love it when JJ comes in with the music. Just kind of puts you in a good mood. It's cold outside, but just listen to the, well, just listen to the, the sounds of Pacifico. So I have come up with the name for it. If you get the Pacifico question right, uh, what will it be? You are perfecto. 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 Okay. So that's what we're looking for. Pacifico. You might say perfecto. Found in Baja, imported by surfers for those who live life. Anchors up. Now, I've got the question for you. And I decided, since we're in a good mood with that just awesome sound, I'm going to make a couple of them easy to get us started. Okay? A couple of them easy. I set that up for you, didn't I? Now I make it harder in your head, don't I? I like it. All right. So, the Texans, as much as I hate them, they are now in a position become the third team since 1950, okay? Third since 1950 to basically 
come into the postseason and win multiple postseason games with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud. Third since 1950, who are they trying to join? St. Louis Rams. See if we can get perfecto here. Okay, remember, rookie head coach, rookie oh, quarterback. Oh, rookie, head, yeah, rookie coach. head coach, that's a problem. Oh, my God. Um, who was – no, was Andrew Luck. I could it was, fall asleep with the Pacifico in my was, hand right no, now. No, it was Jim Caldwell was the coach. Peyton what about – uh, was, it, was it Tomlin and Roethlisberger? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tomlin mm-hmm. and Roethlisberger. Although Roethlisberger had cower. He did. Yeah, for at least a year. Um – what about John Fox and Jake DeLone? That's a good one. <laughs> I think Jake DeLone was a journeyman already. Yeah. He came into the league a journeyman. Um, yeah, he had been what had he been? A, a, Nick Foles and Chip Kelly? Same. Did they make the playoffs? No, but Foles was not a rookie, I don't Foles believe. Rookie, yeah. No, he. Oh, yeah, right. He was drafted the year before. Um, this is going to be like, I can tell you right now what this is going to be. This is going to be like John Madden and Daryl LaMonica. <laughs> you know that's happening. Uh, I will tell you. This is not I easy. You, I will tell you this much. I said since 1950. Right. This is what we're talking about. This is much more recent vintage. Easy is like, who's the all-time home run leader? Yeah. Much more recent vintage. Much more recent vintage. Wow, really? Rookie head coach, rookie quarterback. Ron Rivera win. wasn't a What about Sean McNo? Ron Rivera and Cam Newton was my thought. Oh, uh, Sean McVay and Goff? No, because uh, Goff wasn't a rookie. He had Jeff Fisher. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, Purdy? Multiple posts. No, because no, he wasn't, wasn't, wasn't right. All right, I'll throw it at you. Please. All right, now these will kill you when you hear them. Uh, but they are probably, like, as soon as you hear it, and believe me, I'm the king of once I hear it, oh, yeah, that makes sense. John Harbaugh and Joe Flacco. Wow. Okay, Harbaugh came in as the first-year head coach. Joe Flacco came in as a first-round draft pick, and they not only did they win their first uh, season of multiple postseason games, they made it to in, in the like five, round? six or straight years. Yeah. But they won multiple postseason games their first year. The other one will drive you crazy. Sexy Rexy and Mark Sanchez. Wow. The text line that? got yeah. it, by the way. Yeah, did they? Okay, yeah. a- a- excellent work, uh, text line. Because Mark Sanchez pretty came good. in as a rookie, uh, and Rex Ryan was a rookie when they went uh, in 2009 – uh, and they were able to win back-to-back games. And so uh, that that's a good one right there. That's a good one. All right, perfecto. We'll see if we can get it uh, each time we go out. And it, when we talk about multiple postseason games, the Houston Texans, you ask this question now, because how many of us are going to pick the Houston Texans to pick off the Baltimore Ravens? I mean, I'm going to pick them to cover. Mm-hmm. That's a big nine-and-a-half-point line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The one that I won't pick to cover, I, I mentioned this in one, of my, uh, in one of my reads earlier from my bookie, did you hear this one? Mm-hmm. 86% of bets nationally are on the Packers to upset the Niners. And yet, and yet, the Niners are 16-2 and two straight up in all games when favored by at least nine points. They're okay. favored by nine and a half. 16-2 when favored by nine. And here's the thing. Does it, does it show the percentage of bets versus the percentage of money? Because I bet there are a lot of tickets on the Packers. I just wonder mm-hmm. how much money yeah. is on the Packers. All right, so to your point, listen to these numbers, all right? Because I don't know which way we'll go when it comes to our picks on Friday. But the San Francisco 49ers have dominated the Green Bay Packers in the 21st century. And that includes with the world's greatest, A.A. Ron, honestly. Because they had to go up to Green Bay and still figured out a way to beat them. Remember Robbie Gould hitting that kick in the snow, that That bitter cold? Dude, that was one of the great ones. So since, let me see here. 
last four playoff games that San Francisco has played against Green Bay, with apologies to Matty, my beer man, because he's such a diehard Packer man, the San Francisco 49ers are 4-0 against the Green Bay Packers. Points per game, 29.5. Points per game differential, 9.2. Almost beat them by double digits. Turnover margin, plus three. The last Green Bay playoff win against San Francisco, 2001 in the wild card. Wow. 2001. And this one, honestly, this one might be the surprise one. Because if you go back to 2001, you still had Favre. Favre yeah. yeah. And and Favre. so Favre with his – What, Favre? Jeff Garcia? Yeah. 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 With his magic – and then Aaron from what was it 2008 on? Yeah. And and so I was trying to think who the Niners quarterback was yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, but you you were right with Jeff Garcia. Yeah, that's what I figured. I think Garcia yeah. might have been a little after. I remember the T.O. game where he caught the touchdown yeah. in the playoffs, oh. like at, at right at the at the, at the goal line and got kind of hit by a couple guys. Got, got in there. Yeah. Two guys crushed him. That yeah. might have been after 2001. Yeah. Yeah. That that sounds like that would have been. Wow. Well, they won that game though. The Niners did. Yeah. Which oh, is yeah, saying yeah, you're, that, you're, yeah, you. Green Bay you. hasn't won since 2001, you Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, that was a great one. So, yeah, we'll go back and look at him. But I, I, I saw the the video of Robbie Gould hitting that kick. And, and Robbie Gould's like, what, 99 years old <laughs> as a kicker. Uh, and, and just a, a couple of years ago when uh, when they faced off up there, and this was all the chatter about whether or not A.A. Ron would come back and all that type of stuff. Uh, and Shanahan's had him in a, in a great spot. Uh, but he has not been able to get him to the Super Bowl. The last one to get him there was was Harbaugh, uh, and the injury to Brock Purdy obviously hurt their chances last year, so we will see. All right, uh, that was a good one. We'll keep it going with some more uh, as we get ready for the divisional round. It was Jeff Garcia, by the way. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, the Packers won 25-15 to 15 that day, mm-hmm. and uh, oh, Garrison Hurst, oh. Amon Green, Ant- yeah. Antonio Freeman, J.J. Stokes, legend, yes. legendary yes. J.J. Jaguar career. I'm just happy I, <laughs> I got didn't know the Garcia. He for the Jags. I still yeah. got it, baby. Yeah, he, he was here for a minute. We're talking a minute, minute. Yeah, like a legit minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was well after the magic loogie uh, from Bill Romanowski. Uh, all right, it's XL Primetime. We wrap ours up. We get ready for the Francis Show. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. Lauren Brooks joins us now. We got the Francis show ready to rock and roll on a on a cold. Has it warmed up yet outside? It was like 46 uh, when I pulled in the parking lot a little bit ago. I feel like that's a lot warmer than it was. Yeah, it was uh, TLD pulled out this morning and like I think inside the garage, it was, she said it said 68, pulled out, it was like 36 before like you drove 100 yards down the road. It was yeah. cold. When we walked the dog this morning, it was a cool 31 degrees. Yeah. And look, I don't like it. I, <laughs> I mean, don't like it. As long as you dress for it, it's yeah. really not that bad. But right. I will say, so the only thing that I had exposed was my face, and my face was cold. But I wore gloves, and then I was fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and long yeah. johns, obviously. Yeah, like like uh, Matt. Like See? Matt. Yeah. Wait, oh, yeah. What do you mean? I, I, you use the term See, long johns. I, I wore. It's a southern. Term I said I wore. I wore long underwear this morning. They're oh, all like, okay. what? Matt, you have got to quit including me in that group, okay? <laughs> I, you have put me in this in so many groups, and I, I was not shocked at all. And so long I went, underwear I versus long johns? That's long the conversation? John. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Long johns. I think it's both. 
Yeah. I just always have said long johns. Yeah, and I've then, had my long johns for like twenty years because I only wear them like once a year. Yeah, and then <laughs> well, goodness. when you wear them, it's the best. Oh, absolutely! The you best. can't survive without them at, at a certain temperature. What's coming up? Well, we will not talk all about the weather for mm-hmm. three hours. I promise. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll certainly get into the Jaguars' defensive coordinator search. We'll talk a lot college football, like you did. A lot of college football, a lot going on. And have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. All right. Sounds good. We'll be listening. All right. Thanks. All right. You have got the French show coming up in the three o'clock hour. Let's hit it now, JJ. Now, today's takeaways brought to you by Key Buick GMC, where our family dealership has been helping families buy vehicles for over 50 years. Uh, My takeaways don't settle. Just don't settle for eight wins or one. I knew where he was going on that one. Don't settle. Don't be Mississippi State. You're better than that. Uh, my takeaway is, for the first time this winter, we got to talk basketball on yeah. XL Primetime, and that's very exciting, even if the Florida Gators are 1-3. and three. But like I said, it's not too tough a road to travel this next week, win these next three, and maybe you aren't Mississippi State. Yeah, I, I would always say that you get to February and you see what the conference schedule looks like. The SEC's improved. There is no doubt. There's some good teams in yeah. the SEC. And by the way, Kentucky is in the middle of the pack, technically, if you look at the standings right now. And if you take a look at the top ten overall, what, seven of the top ten have been knocked off within the last week? Yeah, by unranked teams, by the way. Yeah, and so it's happening left and right everywhere, uh, so it definitely can happen. All right, my takeaway is that uh, take your time. Take your time, Doug Peterson. Uh, when it comes to going through all these interviews and making sure who you're going to choose when it comes to defensive coordinator, uh, because you're looking at newbies, you're looking at old guys. But the fact is, is that he's opening up all the possibilities, including Ron Nielsen, who will come in from Atlanta, Marquand Manuel, who will come in from New York, uh, Wink Martindale with a, I guess, basically a two-day interview. More to come. Take your time and make sure whoever you hire is also going to hire some good people to come along with him because I think that is as important as anything. Get a staff that can dominate the defensive side of the football. That's going to do it for us. Thanks to the Golf Club of Southampton. Don't forget 287 play. You're always going to want to check out what they've got going on at the Golf Club of Southampton. Thursday night they got trivia so you can stay warm inside. Friday night under the stars on the patio. You can enjoy music so the golf course doesn't close when the sun goes down. Check out the Golf Club of Southampton. Joe C, me O'Brien, Matty Hayes, Big Sirs and JJ. We got the Francis show coming up next.